live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Juice Mason, Morgan Reagan. That sounded so fake. <laughs> I didn't have it today. I don't have it today. I'm glad you called me I out. I know. I almost went with a we are live, but I didn't want to bring us down. Dude. You know, I'm just... I, yeah, go there. Let's go there. Therapy session you know, this first hour. How's yeah, yeah. everyone doing? The most dynamic duo. Yes. Okay, that helps. We're going to have a fun show today. Kings are off Duh. again today. Can we get a game, please? I need a game. Kings are back at practice today. Hopefully, we hear something about De'Aaron Fox's wrist. Everything's good to go. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll keep you up to date on that. Kings get ready for two big games coming up this weekend. Clippers and then, of course, the T-Wolves back-to-back Friday and Saturday. Hey. You know, having pets can be amazing. Uh-huh. Be, you know, the joy they bring. But when they get hurt, it's it, it, it's it's crazy. It's this not- is my first time experiencing it. And little Carlin throughout his back, he's been a mess all week. I have an appointment with the vet tomorrow to do, figure out what's wrong with this dog's back. Because this guy who runs everywhere, goes crazy, is doing nothing but laying around. Mm, and I've been giving him pain medicine. I had to pick up some more pain medicine before the show today. It just sucks. Yeah. No, it's it's deflating mentally, physically. I mean, I will never forget when Bojack was um, pooping and throwing up for like 30 <laughs> minutes straight. And I was like, my dog's dead. My my dog's dead. Like, he's dead. Like, I could barely hold myself together. Yeah. And like, that, that moment drained me. But then it was like, hey, he's actually fine. Like, took him to ER and he was fine. But it's like... When you look at like an injury like this and they can't talk to you and it's not like Carlin's limping. It's no. just Carlin's just hurt. Low energy and it's oh. not a surprise, Chris, because he is <laughs> if I were to compare him to a wrestler, yeah, he who? is Mick Foley. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Carlin's 100%. Life, he has jumped out of a second story. I was window. gonna say didn't he have the You should tell that oh, story. Okay. So get this Tell that story. Out of town, right? At someone's house. We're going to be gone for a little bit. Put Carlin upstairs in the bedroom. I was a little nervous for it for sure. We get back. Oh, where's Carlin? He's not in the room. You open up the door to the room. There is a hole in the screen. In he the got w- through the screen. I'm like, okay, well, that's not good. Like he's on the roof. Either he's on the roof. or Hopefully he's on the roof. He's Hopefully. splattered. Right? So I'm walking downstairs thinking, oh, this is going to be the end. And I am going to be really depressed. He comes out running like, oh, everything's fine. He was completely fine. Nothing happened. No vet visit. But now he's just a climber, man. This little dog likes to climb on top of a table. You're like, what are you doing? And now I get home from work one day and he's like shaking and scared. I'm like, what is happening? Dude, think about if you like, and that's why, think about children that do that crap yeah. like uh, like little well humans. i'm sorry it's, it is my kid okay no Carl, and that's what i'm saying my little and that's what, but like a human can at mm. least express like uh something hurts or like even if they can't talk bah, bah, like i don't know what a little baby kid does <laughs> baby kid. They, they sound like a sheep for some reason <laughs> bah, bah, my, back. my back hurts mom but um but yeah like yeah. there's there's just more communication there and i think when it comes to a dog and it's like Carlin mm. and they're active. It's so depressing seeing them down like this. Yeah, so. it is. And I just want him back, man. I want him sprinting. I want him being 
himself. He just and it's good because he's on some medicine right now, so he's just chilling. But it's at the same time, it's like that's not who you are. Hey, what are you gonna do when he gets old and he like has uh, well, more problems? I'm not talking about that today. We're not talking about that today on okay. the show, Morgan. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. What would Carlin say if he was like super old and injured? I think it's time for me to go now, Dusty. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I, I see a light and I want to walk towards it. <laughs> there is no amount of money I would spend. I would go broke to ensure he lives forever. <laughs> Good you have We're getting jobs. close to that in science. Yeah. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's Deuce and Mel, Christopher Lod, the other voice. We got a big show today. Of course, we're talking hoops, but I'm really excited about this. Scheduled to appear. <laughs> what? Jordan Richard. So Jordan Richard Scheduled. is from Swish Cultures. This guy is one of the best basketball content creators out there. He does yes. such an amazing, amazing job with Swish Cultures. If you follow him on Instagram, breaking down players. He's done a few on the Sacramento Kings based in SoCal. He was at that Kings Clippers Classic the other night. And so he's scheduled to join us at noon. The reason I say that is because she's been going a little back and forth trying to sure. get it all dialed in. We do know that an NBA six-man of the year, one of my favorite kings of all time, the current head coach of the Stockton Kings, Bobby Jackson, will be joining us today on the show. Yeah. Talk to Bobby. By the way, Stockton, who plays tonight, mm-hmm. Kings are off. So if you're looking for something to do, go down the road. Stockton Arena. Stockton Kings are in action taking on the Texas Legends. Stockton, by the way, 16-6 and six this year, which is second in the Western Conference. So the big squad, the number three seed in the West, the G League squad, number two, Keon Ellis playing well. This is so fun to see both teams yeah. good at the same time because when the last time the Stockton Kings made the playoffs was their first season in Stockton. Deuce and I were calling games back then. Obviously, the big club, the Sacramento Kings, weren't the greatest at the time. Um, and so right now, calling a team that's – Fun to watch. They're good on the floor. And then covering a team like the Sacramento teams that are fun to watch and good on the floor. Huh, everything's good. Yeah. Except Carlin's back. Just Carlin's back. Yep. He's day to day at this point. We'll find out tomorrow. Um, Kings are off. I am curious to see if we learn anything more about De'Aaron Fox for sure. But tonight is going to be fun in the NBA. The Clippers, who have lost three in a row, yeah. take on the Golden State Warriors on TNT. It's interesting for a variety of reasons. One, just the Clippers need a win. The Warriors are starting to feel themselves a little bit winning. They hope to get Steph back soon. But the Kings play this team on Friday, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I am curious to see how Ty Lu handles things tonight. And if it, you know, changes anything for tomorrow night. Like, does Kawhi oh. play on the second night of a back-to-back? Yeah. No, I was like, where is he going with this? What do you mean, what is he going to change? No, you're exactly right. And it's like, even if it's Ty Lue's, um decision or not, you know, it's what we've seen from Kawhi Leonard throughout the year was that he was playing on and off. I mean, my God, in the beginning of the season, he was barely playing. He play, made his first appearance and then didn't play like didn't, for two weeks until two weeks later. So, yeah, it would make sense for him not to play on the second night of a back-to-back, but is there going to come a time where he eventually gets that point? You mentioned this yesterday, and you were like, yeah, he's going to have to get to that point. And you're like, well, I guess in the playoffs, it's not like you're playing a back-to-back. No, you're not. Back, so, so, to me, it's like... If you think what's best for Kawhi is not to play back-to-backs, fine. I think at the same point, 
you want to get in. You don't want to be uh, in a playing situation. That that's no fun for a team. So they yeah. want to get into the top six, and you know, they're sixth right now. Yeah. No, it's it's these games right now in the NBA. It's not just for the Kings. Like they're important. They're fun. But you go around the NBA each and every night. I love it even when we see Kings fans on Twitter and they're like, ooh, so-and-so beat so-and-so. Ooh, so-and-so lost tonight. It makes it more fun for the Kings, sure. But then seeing what these other teams have tried to create over these seasons and what they're not accomplishing, that's so mean. But it's true. I Yeah, I take joy in that. I mean, if you're the Clippers right now, if the playoffs started today, you'd be taking on the Kings. Yeah. You'd probably like that matchup if you're the Clippers, Hell yeah. I, I would assume, right? Yeah. You, you'd feel confident about that. You'd feel more confident than being in the fifth spot and getting ready to take on the Phoenix Suns. We saw Kevin Durant make his debut with the Suns last night against the Hornets. Such a smart move by the Suns to debut him against a bad Hornets team. Yep. And he looked pretty good out there. He in did. His first game back. They were limiting his minutes, but... You saw the potential of that group. And I think the biggest thing that we haven't really talked about with Kevin Durant going to Phoenix, we talk so much about how explosive that team can be offensively. But I'm telling you, I think he's going to impact things defensively for him, for that team. People forget how impactful he was defensively when he was with the Golden State yeah. Warriors. You're, you, you could start seeing that maybe come together with him in Phoenix. Well, you lose someone in Mikel Bridges who is long, lengthy guy that – two-way guy, right? Um, Kevin Durant, we know his dominance on the offensive end. Uh, Defensively, though, he has that length. You know, he has that ability to be up in someone's face, to keep those arms up, to stay vertical. So, yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be one of those things where it will be more surprising, especially because he's coming off that injury, being rested if you want to go in that direction too. And um, for the Suns, you got to feel a little bit more inspired when you finally get that addition on your yes. floor, right? Well, he makes life easier for everybody. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, it's, it's like we talked about on a much lesser scale. We talk about... Hey, man, HB's had some nice games this year for the Kings. He's, after a slow shooting start, he's kind of turned it around. How big was he the other night? Well, for the Suns, now all of a sudden you're not depending on Chris Paul to give you everything. Where in the Suns' playoff runs the last couple of years, it was like, all right, they really need Chris Paul to play out of his mind. And some nights he could give it to you. Other nights it was like, is he okay? Yeah. Like he's banged up. I don't know if he still has that capability. Well, now all of a sudden you're not counting on Chris Paul to do that. Talk about the pressure it takes away from Chris Paul. That's why the Suns team is so dangerous. Too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to watch them play more, and I think I think it's it's one of those things when you look at Kevin Durant, it's just fun to have someone like that back playing in the NBA. And yeah, the the angles of him playing on a brand new team in the Western Conference. It's all fun as a basketball fan. It's scary as a Kings fan, but um, I'm excited to see what that squad can produce. There was times last night when I was watching when it was just like Chris Paul and Kevin Durant at the top of the key, and they would try to attack a gap, couldn't get anything past it out. Attack a gap, couldn't get anything past it out. You know, it was just kind of playing along the perimeter, and those are the... Those are the moments where I'm like, still brand new. We saw that with Kyrie and Luca. You guys are just going to have to try and continue to play your game. Kyrie and Luca. (laughs) What in four? Dang, dude. You got sausage arms and cankles. That's so That wasn't me pressing that. That was Chris taking a shot at Luca. (laughs) Hey, coming up next, we're... 
we got to talk about something wild that happened in the NBA last night, plus a couple of NBA rule changes on the horizon. Do we like them? We'll do that coming up in 60 seconds on the radio size. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan, we do have an update on LeBron James. Yeah, what? Adrian Wojnarowski just putting out moments ago that the Lakers plan to reevaluate LeBron James's right tendon injury in three weeks. Well, that puts you into late March, Morgan Reagan. I mean, it's March second. They done done. March 23rd-ish? They done done. If my math is correct, and I just looked it up, <laughs> say, like, best case scenario, three weeks, you're great. You're fantastic. You could play the rest of the season. That would only be 11 games the yeah. rest of the season for him. And you look at their schedule coming up here, I mean. They have to win 12. <laughs> listen, to the, listen to their next four games. Minnesota, who just beat the Clippers. Golden State. They should be. They they could have a chance, I guess, without Steph, but maybe not. Memphis, okay. Toronto, the Knicks. They That's done the next done. five. They done done. That's Le- fair, right? You know, for LeBron, who for most of his career stayed healthy, really the last few years he's starting to break down a little bit. And I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying that as a shot or anything. It's just it is what it is. Yep. I mean, the guy's got a ton of mileage on him. Yeah. All these. Finals runs, all these games, year after year after year. You could wear down your body. And here we are talking about another season where LeBron is dealing with injury. I mean, think about his time with the Lakers. Yeah. Pretty much most of his time with L.A., the end of the season, he's been hurt. Well, was it the ankle last year? I don't remember. I for, well, I think it was last I'm pretty sure it was last year when he had that press conference and he was like, I don't think I'll ever be the same. Um, after whatever year that was with the ankle injury. And it really hasn't truly been the same. He's had to change his game, but he hasn't executed. When I say he hasn't executed the change of his game, I'm saying like at the premier level that he was at. That he was at. Um, I don't so, know what you mean by that. So what I mean by that is that he's had to now change his game by shooting more from the outside, right? Like he's still averaging under 30 points a game. Again, I mean. I'm saying shooting from the outside. That's all. That's where he's scoring from. Not to say that he's not scoring. He's had to change his game and be an outside shooter rather than just drive it in all the time, right? Be explosive, get into the paint, drive it in. He still does that. But my whole point to this is him altering his game was ultimately going to hopefully be the thing that allows him to last longer, right? Not get banged up in the middle of the key, not have to go through guys and start making that outside shot. Um, It's... Sad when you see these injuries happen to someone that becomes older and older in the league. Again, 38 in the NBA is old and it lingers or it slows them down in another way. And I just feel like this being another ankle injury, we're not going to see him as explosive even as this year yeah. going to the basket. That's my that's what I'm saying. It just you're going to lose declines. explosiveness just by getting older. Exactly. And then you add in all these injuries, all the mileage. And here the Lakers are on their way to missing another playoffs. Hmm. That is insane. I love it, but I also, I know the NBA doesn't love it. Um, And I think for LeBron James and what he wanted at the end of his career, it sucks. 
Who's the guy on the heat, the old guy? Udonis Haslam? Haslam. He just had a quote the other day saying, like, this, like I stay up at night. This is not the way I wanted to end my career with the way that the heat are underperforming. Um, and so you think about someone like that who doesn't even get many minutes on the floor. is just more there as the veteran presence, the experience, a leader. And then someone like LeBron, whose mindset is championship, got to get these championships before I'm done. It's feeling pretty done. Yeah. And not KJJK brings up a point saying he needs to transition to even more of a perimeter player, but he can't. So he's still relying on athleticism and getting hurt. And Facts. you're right. Like that's when he got hurt, it was an attack to the basket. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. And his three point shooting was not good this year. No. Like 30% from three point land. I mean, also part of it, they don't have good space. I don't think they run a really good offense. But yeah, I mean, we thought that the Lakers were going to make a little bit of a push here post-trade deadline with the moves they made, which mm-hmm. on paper look kind of nice. But look, well, well, you, when two of your guys that you're counting on, and this is what we always talk about in the league, there's so much like what if, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess the same thing goes with the Suns. You're counting on if these guys stay healthy. Well, lately, if you're counting on Anthony Davis and LeBron James to stay healthy, okay. If you're counting on Kawhi Leonard to stay healthy, if you're counting on someone like Kevin Durant, Chris Paul to stay healthy. Yeah. That's a challenge. Are you about to sneeze? I, you, it, so this thing keeps happening to me, you guys, where is this what sinus infections always do? Where I'm about to sneeze and my eyes water up and everything hurts, but then it doesn't come out. Morgan's really <laughs> struggling. Any um, doctors out there uh, who Help have experience with me. sinus issues? Morgan's bringing it to the show again. When healthy, she's good on her shows. That's what it is, yeah. When Morgan's good, (laughs) mentally and physically, she's locked in. But uh, that's not very often. When the Deuce and Moe show is healthy, Uh, nobody can beat it. Nobody. But right now, anyone could beat me. Um, Going back to exactly what you're saying, though, Deuce, about how we have to preface things with some of those players, some of those teams, when healthy, when healthy. I think when it comes to Kawhi, why it's still a little different is because, <laughs> I mean, if he's healthy at the end of the season, that's when it matters most, right? Right. And and I know chemistry and everything could come into play, but when it comes to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, mostly Anthony Davis, his reputation being when healthy, he's really, really dominant out there, but that's... That's the line that goes into when talking about Anthony Davis. From a Kings perspective, you're glad that the Lakers are just out of the mix. And not that you're necessarily going to face them, but like, you know, the Lakers just being in it. Like if you, and I don't think the Kings are going to drop in the plane. I think I'm confident now that they're staying in the top six. But like if the Kings were in like a situation where they had to be a play in against LeBron, that would have been scary, right? Like it just would have been. So the fact that AD and LeBron have been unable to stay healthy this year uh-huh. and now you don't have to you don't have to worry about them. they're not gonna make it and it's just so ironic that all this is happening with the lakers after brian winhorst was putting out there i talked to someone close to the lakers and they're really trying to get that six seed because they'd love to play sacramento i'm like bye get out C- can i be honest on it or please what I'm just laughing at you. Because, Mike, can I be honest? Can I be honest, honest? No, I do not want you to be honest about the Lakers. Please don't lie. offend anyone. Okay. Well, when you first said that, and you're like, doesn't it make you feel good as a Kings fan? So, as a Kings fan, I want to go, like, 
like physically take it and just shove it into Lakers fans' faces, like and hurt their faces because they suck so bad and I hate them and they're so mean and evil and they're bullies. And that makes me feel really good and I want to be petty about it. But as someone that covers the Sacramento Kings, yeah, I'm really happy just because then you don't have to face someone like Anthony Davis, who is a tough matchup. Obviously, LeBron James, when he can turn on the Jets, he can go. But Fan Morgan shoving it in the face. So LeBron, he joined the Lakers. Was that the eighteen nineteen season? He joined them. Let's double check. Yeah, eighteen nineteen. He got hurt at the end of that season, right? He was banged up. They won yeah. thirty seven games, missed. Next year, they won the finals. Yep, in the bubble. In Don't the bubble. I, I see, see your face? Some people call it the Mickey Mouse ring, which it's mm-hmm. not. We we should acknowledge that if the Kings won that, we would be like it's counts bubble. But with the Lakers, we call it the Mickey. Mouse I would trophy. say it's the Mickey Mouse trophy just because they won it. Okay, okay. Then okay. if someone else won it, then it would be. I'll give you that. The next year, uh-huh. they lost in the first round. Okay. Year after that, did not make it, and then this year, not they're not going to make it. So when LeBron James, since he has come to LA, they had that one championship. Other than that, it's been first round and out. Or missing the playoffs. Hmm. Crazy. I feel better. Crazy. Um, we do need to get to these NBA rule changes. We had that breaking news about LeBron we had to talk about. So we'll get to some of these rule changes if it's a good thing in the league. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. I'm fine. Their sinus issue. We have a we have to call a game tonight, so I gotta be. I forgot about that. <laughs> Don't you remember we have seven jobs? <laughs> what? Uh, you were literally talking I to know, us about it. I just realized. <laughs> it just... Oh my god! Speaking of the Stockton Kings, their yeah. head coach. Yeah. Bobby Jackson will be joining us live at 1 p.m. today. Hell yeah. Um, we'll have to ask him just about the progress of like Keon Ellis and Mia's Keda, but also want his perspective on the Sacramento Kings for sure. Um, hell yeah. Um, I have something for you really quick Ooh, I wanted okay. to say. And I think I said it to you earlier, but you might have forgot. Because um, someone had mentioned fog machine. Yeah, fog machine. Because they were just so excited that on our YouTube stream... There are no breaks, right? We yeah. go straight through the breaks. We're always talking and everything, and people are loving it. Um, and I saw Fog Machine. It reminded me of No Dunks this morning. I was listening to them uh, early on, and they were mentioning Ducemo in the Fog Machine and celebrating King's wins in the beam. Speaking of that Fog Machine, yeah. when was the first time that you used it? Mm, last week, I think. Last week? Why? When did the sinus uh, problem start with oh. you, Morgan? <laughs> um. Probably a couple days ago. The blood is not on my hand, so I do not want I mean, to be blamed. I mean, I did sneeze blood the other day, so. I don't want to be blamed. Yeah, it was on Morgan's hands. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't on your hands. <laughs> I am not being blamed for this. Oh, my God. Should I look up, can fog machines cause sinus problems? I love that you had to type it out and say um, it at that pace. May often aggravate allergies, nasal and or eye sinus problems. Oh my God! Okay. Did we just figure it out. Listen. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, Miss WebMD. Okay? The chemical can irritate no, the no. airway, no. similar to smoke and other air 
Look uh, at me, Morgan. What? You're not blaming your sinus infection on our King's Wind fog machine. What am I blaming it on? Life. It happens. Okay? To be fair, it was me that blamed it. No, but now she's she's believing it. Last time I checked, you guys are so disrespectful to people who work hard. Do you think you know more than doctors? No. That, have you made a doctor appointment? But actually, you say that. You say that. And doctors are great. Oh, but. But. Oh, okay, okay. But there are times, unless you have certain problems and or are persistent with your problems, you are not helped consistently right that okay and i don't need to get like that doesn't go for everyone but we just know that that's high in america our health system isn't the best um that's why you can always turn to the internet other resources no 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 not webmd webmd reddit no yes reddit you can turn to tiktok you can turn to so many other people who have had these other problems and symptoms before and right now this is all making sense Oh, my God. Oh, hang in there, Mo. I'm sure that's completely why that's happening. Hey, if you're in the YouTube chat, by the way, can you do me a favor? Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed. I know you guys listening in your cars, wherever you're listening. So many ways to do it. You can download the free Sacktown Sports app. You can also watch live and chat with the people at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, where every show streams live Monday through Friday from 6A to 6P, starting with the morning show with Dave and Jason and Jay. Us and then Cattles and Rami. So make sure you're locked in 6A to 6P. Yeah, please. I love it. The chat is agreeing with me too. Thank you guys. Uh, Tony likes would like to let us know that uh, <laughs> we are crazy. Uh, Tyler says fog machines in a small room absolutely can cause sinus problems. And I, hey, you know what I would say, Morgan? What? Your big ass nose didn't smell it, so you're good? One, your nose is way bigger than mine. <laughs> Two, make a doctor's appointment, you clown. Oh, really? When do I have time? Oh, okay, okay. When do I have time? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You can't take a day. Take a day off. I told you to take a day off. Why don't you take a day off and deal with it, Morgan? Mm-hmm. Huh? 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 Mm-hmm. I don't have time. I don't have time to do anything. Then you know what? Complain about your sinus. Die. <laughs> Morgan, let's talk about some of these NBA rule changes because I want to get your perspective yes. on these. This is put out there. Eric Pincus from Bleacher Report. It doesn't mean these are happening. These are just things that he has heard and that have been talked about. The first one, NBA coaches' challenges. Okay. We see some changes there. According to him, per several sources, next season's most likely rule change will enable coaches to keep their challenge if successful. Love it. Uh, The primary concern, though, is keeping games at roughly two hours and 15 minutes. While challenges may average approximately 90 seconds, they can spike to six minutes or even longer. Okay, the issue isn't the coaches keeping their challenge. The issue, the league needs to work with the officials and the replay center to be quicker with this. I'm watching games, like late game situations, Mm -hmm. where it's a tight game. Guys are going back and forth. They're like, all right, well, we got to go review this for 17 minutes. I think I was watching, it was... (laughs) The Knicks game the other night. Nick, okay. It might have been Knicks Celtics. And Mike Breen, who is Mr. NBA, right? Like yeah. he, he calls Knicks games. He was being really critical of the league and the officials over how long it was taking. So I'm cool with replay. I do like the idea that if you challenge something, you should keep your challenge because you were right. You know, it's, it's interesting that he was being critical about it too because I think sometimes – even as a broadcaster, when you find your groove and just like the players find their groove, the rhythm, everything's fun. And then it just stops because 
they have to review a play over and over and over again. It ruins a lot of the momentum just even in in from an entertainment value. And so I think when you look at this, Deuce, it's just why aren't you utilizing the people back in what, Jersey? Right? Yeah. Back in the office. office. The league office. Like, utilize them. Allow them to be the ones to not make the final call, but literally be watching the play over and over. So by the time they even get to the screen, they already kind of know. I think so many times they they want the officials on site to determine. It's like, no, help out. Like, you have an angle. You have these huge screens in front of you, all these monitors. Help them out. So when they get there, it's like, okay, hey, this is what we're seeing. Oh, yeah, I do see that. Yep. And if not, then you just flip a coin and figure it out, right? You just go, okay, all right. No, we that's, can't. We toss up. That's when they do that anyway, and they just toss the ball up anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I well, think they should utilize their resources better. What about this potential rule change? What? And this came off the heels of the Kings Clippers double overtime game. What? How? How much did you love this game? I am obsessed with it. It's one of the best Kings games ever. Of my life. One of the best NBA regular season games you'll see. Facts. Kings won 176-175. Uh-huh. You remember that because it was impactful in your life. Yes. Eric Pincus says that the NBA could reportedly implement a target score for overtime games. Quote, that would prevent overlong broadcasts and overloading players' minutes like the Clippers toward Kawhi Leonard playing 46 minutes in a double overtime loss to the Kings on Friday. Here's my problem. I'm not even anti-Elam ending potentially mm-hmm. in overtime. My problem with this is suggesting that 46 minutes in a double overtime game is too much. Uh, we have watched games where guys are playing 50, 55 minutes in double overtime. Thank and you. oh, by the, way, by the way, even if you have a target score in overtime, there. let's just paint it this way. Let's just say the Kings game with the Clippers had a target score instead of overtime. Okay. okay? So overtime was a target score. And the Kings were tied and the target score was 165. There's no time. There's no clock. There's no stoppages in play. Yep. You, a team could call a timeout. It's not necessarily faster. Like, it could last longer, yeah. right? Like, if teams are struggling and they're tired and they're missing shots, it could be longer than an, uh, an overtime session. Didn't so, I just happen? think it's misguided. Didn't that happen at one point in the, uh, in like, uh, well, at, at Vegas in Summer League or well, something? No, we were at the G League Winter Showcase. That's what it was. Thank the, you. The G League experimented by doing an Elam ending, like a target score for mm-hmm. the entire fourth quarter. So at the end of three, they'd be like, all right, the target score is plus 25. And whoever got to that number first wins the game. Yeah. But like, it's not necessarily fat. There was one game. It, it felt like it was going to take an hour to get there. That's what it, and yeah. it's, it was game by game by game. So then you needed games to be on time for the broadcast and everything else. But yes, it did mess with it. So it's not like anything's going to necessarily be perfect, but their reasoning for the rule change, get out of here with that crap. Yeah. We got to talk about this too. If you guys have any thoughts on that, like should the NBA get rid of the traditional overtime and go Elam ending like a target score, hit us up. In the chat, youtube.com slash Sackdown Sports 1140. You can also give us a call at 916-339-1140. It's Deuce and Mo on Sackdown Sports.
live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Hey, it's Deuce Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. It's Deuce and Mo live Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. 1 o'clock, Bobby Jackson scheduled to join us. Stockton playing a game tonight. If you want basketball, go to Stockton tonight. But we'll talk to Bobby about some of the development of his young guys. I'll talk to Bobby, too. Like, how has he developed as a coach since being in the G League? Yeah. And we'll ask him uh, his thoughts on kind of what the Kings have been able to do this year in Sacramento. He's such a fun coach to watch, too. I love the way that it just seems like all of his players want to buy in, listen to him. Great energy. Excited to talk to him. I think most people in the YouTube chat right now on this whole overtime thing with the NBA. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, this is Eric Pincus from Bleacher Report saying like, yeah, I mean, the league could look to potentially use a target score in overtime at some point. And the example Eric was using was the Kings double overtime game in which Kawhi played 46 minutes as an example of maybe that would be a good way to go about it for the league. The league is clearly looking at the target score um, because they're experimenting with it at the G League showcase. They use the G League to experiment With a lot of different rules. It doesn't mean they'll end up using them in the NBA. Mm -hmm. But the coaches' challenge started in the G League before they implemented it. That's what's been so fun, too, Deuce. You and I, because we call G League games, we've been able to see some of these rules implemented before they even head into the NBA. One of the rules uh, that have become so natural for us, I feel like, is the free throw rule. So you only shoot one free throw for two points in the G League keeps the game going. I mean, sometimes I feel like we're ending the game at that two-hour mark because not having those free throws at that time is just very, I don't know, it's its very important to how long the game is played. The other thing we're getting, Morgan, a, a lot of people concerned about your sinus issue. I'm seeing this now. A lot of people are suggesting that the fog machine is the reason you're feeling this way. I just don't think it is. Um, You see these tweets, right? People are like, hey, I know I first tweeted you and started using the fog machine not to do it because of the hazards to your lungs and nasal cavities. Your studio is too small and probably doesn't um, exhaust. Doesn't Doesn't have an exhaust system. Yeah, it doesn't have anything. It has a couple windows in there. You bust them open, goes right out. Hey, Chris, am I fine? Ah, ah, cleared sinuses. You're definitely not fine, and but I, you're breathing you. well. I put the fog machine on my face pretty much. You're like the, he's the real life devil, like walking and just the real dead life devil. And oh, like, no, no. and nothing kills him. I'm the devil because I want to celebrate a King's win in a cool way. And you're suggesting that this celebratory thing that Kings fans from all over the world have connected with, this fog machine, is the reason you're not feeling well. As if this is not the time of year people get sick all the time. Oh, you got a sinus thing? Of course you do. It's a time of the year, man. No, no, sinus. say, end of February, sinuses fall apart (laughs) in Sacramento. Is that? Specifically in Sacramento. When are sinus infections most common seasons i can't wait i can't wait there's a google thing now yes fall is a common time of the year for sinus infections where what year what part of the year are we in winter going we're, into spring we're just creeping out of winter fall, going into spring winter you know and hey uh, shove a little fog machine in there and i can get you a sinus infection too everybody knows that sacramento spring is the same as the rest of the country's fall oh, oh and Chris. let's also acknowledge this what what are seasons in 2023 that we don't have a winter, a summer, and a spring, and a fall anymore. 
One day it's 75. The next True. it's been like 30. To, we had a freeze warning. Extreme. Last week at this time, I'm in the backyard going, is this springtime? Did you see Truckee? There, like, I saw a video on Instagram and they just have snow piles that are extremely high like they've never seen before around this time of year. Yep, all the extremes, and now I have a sinus infection, not due to weather, but due to a small fog machine that Deuce okay. got off Amazon. Can we get, like, a natural fog uh, liquid to put in there or something? Oh, it's all- Organic, that's what I'm going to look up. Okay. Organic. Wait, we're done with your stupid Google searches today. Nope. One. Never. Two, what do you, uh, uh, ca- what, you, you want natural fog as if you can capture San Francisco fog in this bottle? And I think so. I think I found a fog. Organic fog juice. Nope. Uh, definitely. Water-based fog. Yep. Love it. Yeah, I'm sure. It's completely water-based. <laughs> Did you guys see what happened last night in the NBA in de- between the Pistons and the Bulls? Dude. How ironic was this? So, Jay and I, the end of the game, there's like nine seconds left. Pistons are down two. They're inbounding. Yeah. Calls a timeout. They don't have any timeouts. Here's how it sounded on the Bulls television side uh, late in that game. It was their last one, and Ivy, the rookie, uh, made the crucial mistake of calling a timeout. Uh, and you can see, I looked immediately over at Dwayne Casey, wow. and his arms were in the air knowing that his team did not have a timeout left. Wow. It's a technical foul. That's a mistake by a young player. Wow. <laughs> That is that, that kills you. Oh my goodness! The Bulls, the Bulls now get to get to shoot a technical and get the ball. Oh, wow! That that is. Woo. Oh, that is you, you huge. Wonder, you, you can see there's panic because he couldn't see anybody in, and you look at the Allo saying no, 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 and look at Bardon. What are you doing, son? A lot. Look at there's T. Look at look at Patrick Beverly. He's not calling for a timeout. He's calling for a technical. That's an excessive timeout. It's a technical foul. That's rough for the rookie Jay and Ivy yesterday. Kind of weird. That game was in Detroit on Chris Weber's 50th birthday. Of course, Chris Weber is always known for what happened in the national championship game against North Carolina when he called a timeout. Michigan didn't have any. And then, of course, Michigan lost that national title. Um couple of things yeah ha ha funny i'm not we're not going at chris weber on his damn 50th birthday no not my guy we're going after him after his 50th birthday <laughs> i understand that chris weber game was far more important a lot more on the line yeah right? of course but chris weber's was in this crazy panic end of game oh my god there's chaos around you gene ivy was all right his his teammates telling him to call timeout Chris Weber. Yeah, yeah, Chris yes. Weber. Cool, yes. He calls Great a timeout, point. panics, whatever. He's getting pressured. Jane Ivey was on the inbound. Oh, I'm going to inbound here. You got to just toss it in. At the, you're like, you're he, the point guard. You're, you're not being pressured. Uh-uh. There's no backcourt trap. Hey, rookie brain. Rookie brain. You think Keegan Murray does that? No way, Jose. Not in a million years. He would never. Now it's happening on Friday. Did you know I really did think about that, though, really quick? I was like, hmm. Keegan Murray would never let that happen. <laughs> I felt so bad for him because you looked over at the Bulls benches. Dwayne Casey drops on the scorer's table. Bogdanovich is like, what are you doing? Diallo's like, what are you? Everyone's just like, what the hell, man? Yeah. No, it's, it's, 
I feel I I feel bad for anyone that makes that mistake, even if it's a Thursday night or a Wednesday night game. I don't care. You're in the NBA. It's on TV. People are watching. And I, I don't know if anyone was actually watching oh. Pistons Bulls last night. Do you think we only we we all only cared about that highlight, and that was the only thing that we were all watching on? On I mean, social media after? Yeah, yes. That's, see, and that's what makes it even worse, right? But it, so many people did link it to the Chris Webber um, situation, obviously, in college, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. It's just it's just crazy because yes, you're talking about Webber being a Detroit guy, his birthday, yeah. timeout, end of game. There's a lot of, I mean, the first thing I thought when I saw that was, I said Chris Webber on his birthday. Are you, I not because of that. But are are you so glad that the Kings went with Keegan Murray? I mean, of course I am, but it also doesn't mean that Jaden's not going to be a real... I mean, he's done some nice things this year. For sure. He's on a really bad team. It's going to take him time. I mean, we watch enough of the pre-draft stuff where I always saw what people liked about Jaden Ivey. Yeah. I just thought people were underestimating how long it's going to maybe take him to get there. All the stuff you hear is like, hey, man, like, if he gets the shot down and gets engaged defensively, then he's going to be a player. I just think there are some ifs out there. When I watched him play last year, I, I saw some of the issues. Defensively, especially. And you get why the Kings did not go that route, especially with this team. Like they Especially went, with another point guard. We want a guy that we believe is just as good, if not better, and can play right now as opposed to someone who may take some time. Yeah. No, I think... I. Well, when you look at that situation we talked about the other day for De'Aaron Fox, the all the years that the Kings drafted a another point guard after another point guard after another guard, you know, guard after guard. And then when it came to this last draft, it just seemed like the national narrative again that Jay Nivey was going to be the next Luka Doncic. And if the Kings didn't pick them, they were the stupidest people in the whole entire world. Yeah. And that's why it's like so, so refreshing so nice to see the kings not only have a success with their team but also with their rookie well also not that you draft for need you draft for who you think is going to be the best player Correct. right like if, if if the kings were like hey we're choosing between keegan and jay and ivy and we think ivy can be a star in this league well then you probably should have taken him but i think the kings went no like we believe keegan can be special and what you're seeing recent lately with keegan murray you're seeing what the tools he does have yeah. and how he's developed this year. You're going, this guy can be special. He can be an all-star level talent. Hey, uh, Sato on our chat wants to know, what was worse? Uh, was Jaden Ivey's horrible three, the possession before, the Bulls were actively trying to lose that game or the Pistons had like four and five possessions to tie or take the lead and bricked it? <laughs> mm. just, a ba- just some bad basketball going on. Yeah. But... You know, that's what you're going to get at this time of the season, too, with some of these teams that have guys injured, haven't been able to figure anything out, all the above. Well, coming up next, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll dive in a little bit to the Kings. we got Truth or Trash coming up next hour. Mm. Shaq had one of the worst player comparisons in the history of the game. Classic. You- it's it's bad. <laughs> okay. It is really bad. Okay, okay. We'll talk about it coming up next. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce.
Chris Mason, Morgan Reagan, Chris Verlod. Morgan, there's always like words for me that I get stuck on. Like Chris just stuck, got stuck on reevaluate. What, what's one word that get, you get stuck on? Um, You know what it is. It's a... Uh, I don't. Come on. I always have a hard time, particularly. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I said one. it though, yeah, right? Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you said it very slow. Yeah, because I have to. Particularly. I, yeah, particularly. <laughs> um, toxicity, toxic, toxicity. Toxicity. That one's hard. You should know that one. No, I do. Because you're- I've been around it, yes. No, because you, oh. you kind of bring that no, it's to been, the show. No, it's been brought. It's been brought in. Hey, well, Bobby Jackson, Stockton Kings head coach, joining us at 1 p.m., so and now he is up. re-evaluating coming back, coming on with us. No, he's he's in. Oh, he's in. Yeah. He's confirmed. He's confirmed. Yeah, he's confirmed. Stockton Kings with a game tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk to Bobby because he, you know, he's been coaching the Stockton Kings team now for a mm-hmm. couple of years. I'm curious, like, how he likes being a head guy. Like, how has he developed? And you know, he's had a chance to see Keon Ellis up close. Also, the vibes around the city right now are crazy. Bobby is someone that connected deeply with this city. He played here, left, came back, and now he's a home in Sacramento. Why does he like staying in Sacramento so much? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious about that. And I'm just curious about him, like you were kind of saying, how he's grown as a coach. Because um, over the years, it's been fun being around him and seeing the way that he does coach, that he does communicate with people, whether it's other coaches, whether it's young players, and each when you're coaching a G League squad, there's so much turnover, there's so much yeah. youth that it's yeah. It, well, here's a great example of what? this: the Blazers don't have a G League team. Yes, so they did a flex transfer where they sent John Butler, who's a rookie, mm-hmm. and he's with Stockton right now. So you're trying to develop a guy who is with another organization, right? And it's last minute. you got to find a way to implement him, get him caught up on what you're doing, and, oh, he may not be here super long. So it's just interesting. It's There's a lot to juggle as a G League coach, for sure. You're right. Yeah. So, anyway, all those things will be fun to kind of discuss with him, and then we'll get to see him coach on the sideline tonight. Dude, I cannot wait for tomorrow. What's tomorrow? tomorrow? night, Kings Clippers. Oh, well, no. I was just like, wait, what, I, the way that you... I was just moving on. Do you have more to add? No, no, no. The way that you positioned it, I was like, oh, what's tomorrow? Like, in my mind, it's like the day comes and then the night comes because the days and nights are just so long and there's always so much. And every single day, I just didn't know where to start. So, I'm also excited for tomorrow night. Rematch <laughs> with the Clippers. Those guys better play tomorrow night. Don't... If I'm the Clippers, if I'm Kawhi and uh-huh. Paul, I want to play tomorrow night. Yeah. So don't, don't you? Well, from a competitive okay. standpoint, based on what happened last Friday, does Kawhi though? I don't know, man. I know that's. Chris. I don't even know if like Kawhi is competitive. That, oh, stop! I it. Think or he's... likes basketball. No, stop I think it. I think that's just a misconception because of his body language. Um, that's like what people say about Keegan too. It's like, Hey, no emotion. Yeah. It's like the guy just plays basketball. Yeah. And some people don't need it. But what I will say though, Chris, is that you bringing that up, like, is he that competitive? Like maybe that competitive fire isn't there for a regular season game on a Friday night after uh, being the second night of a back to back. Yeah, I will say that. Like, I think in the playoffs, Kawhi wants to win Yeah, and he wants to do everything he can to win. Yes. But, but. <laughs> On a Friday night, maybe not. I'm looking at the Clippers, his game log with the Clippers this year to double check. 
because not that they've had a ton of back-to-back opportunities, but they had one January 28th and 29th. He played the first game of the back-to-back, did not play the next night. And I'm scanning down. This They haven't had another opportunity to play a back-to-back recently, but the last time they did have a back-to-back, he did not play in the second night of a back-to-back. There's also been stretches where um, they had a game on the 8th. He did not play on the 10th. They gave him off till the 14th. So, mm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if Kawhi plays or not on Friday. So, from a Sacramento Kings point of view, uh, I want them to play because it's fun. But from, like, a fan point of view, I kind of don't want them to play because no. I want the W. You got the W when you played last time. Yeah, you just had to go to two overtime. Yeah, but you still did it on the road. Like, you want to go head-to-head with a legitimate competition because when you if you do play the Clippers it. in the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard's playing. And so you got to be ready for that. You know how Kings are with a little bit of rest and they've had a lot of rest before this Friday game, Deuce. Come on I now. I think that's just misguided. Oh, I don't think you, how? I just don't think I understand their record with the rest advantage is not great. Yeah. I don't think it's because they have rest that they're bad. I just think they've just not won games. I don't think that's the reason. Yeah, that it's, I mean, obviously it doesn't make a lot of sense, but at the same time, too, it could be if you wanted to go the angle like guys just do better when they're, it's like a, it's, they're warmed up, you know, they're already in a flow of things. When they have those two days off, it's like they have to, Re not reteach themselves, but for example, when you're at an office, if you work in an office space and someone comes up to you and goes, "Hey, Morgan, um, how was your weekend?" and then you're working and then you turn and go, "Oh my gosh, it was good. Thanks for asking." And then you have a little combo. Getting back into your work, there's like some sort of study out there that it takes like seven minutes to get refocused so, into that work. On a different scale, though, if you're playing the Kings, playing three games in four nights. You're working a ton of hours. You're working 14-hour days. Yeah. A day off helps you. I, I agree like, with that. It's just I'm gonna just help. saying they that need the record a day off. just hasn't I just don't that. think it has to do with that. Okay. I don't. I don't. It just feels – I don't understand how that would throw you off. I think part of it is, you know what? This league is very competitive. The Western Conference is just competitive, and they just happen to lose some of these games. It's just a thought. Just a I don't thought. like it. Oh, Take I, your get, th- I can see that trash. Yeah, put it in the trash God. over there. Like, man, Deuce Mason. Um, Shaquille O'Neal says some funny things. Do you have any guesses <laughs> who he compared Anthony Edwards to? Um, no. And just any guess. Who would you Who would you compare Anthony Edwards no. to? I don't mm. know. Okay, let me think. Um, an actor. Let's see. past or present. I think he's talking about a player. Okay, not not who he looks like, Morgan. No, no, I wasn't going to go with who he looks like. I was just going to say, like, personality-wise, I don't know. Um, Let's see, a player who reminds... 6'4". Someone in the chat says, silent, says D-Wade. You could see some D-Wade as kind of that 6'4 guard. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay, well, here's who Shaq compared him to the other day. He's great now, you know, he's not great now, but I, I think he's a fabulous player. But where I come from and, you know, watching people like Candace and Jamal, you have to be great for a long period of time because we all remember Jeremy Lin. Mm. <laughs> what happened to him? Just saying. Y'all, y'all was giving him 
I don't know. I'm not shooting shot. I'm just saying, like, y'all was, oh, he's a great player, and y'all gave him the Sports Illustrated cover, but when we got the kick, then. Like, <laughs> the strain. Jeremy Lin's going to chill at home right now. Sorry, Jeremy. That's right. Lin's at home chilling. Y'all put that man on Sports Illustrated. I'm just simply saying, but. I mean, it was an Jeremy Lin was an incredible run. I was working in Kentucky. I didn't put him anywhere. But in order to be great, you have to be great for a consistent period of time. Not one week, not one month, not one year. Uh, just to be clear, um, Anthony Davis's first—excuse me, Anthony Edwards's first three seasons in the NBA, his career averages are 21 points, five rebounds, just under four assists. He's shooting 44 percent in his career, 35 percent this season. His average is just under 25 points a game, six rebounds, four and a half assists. 46% shooting, 36% from three, and he made the all-star team. Why would... Real flash in the pan type of Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, Shaq's comparison is so, so off. Like, I'm trying to think of now a comparison of a guy that's like, hey, he was good for a little bit, but not for that long. Anthony Edwards is young. He's like, his career has just started, basically, and, and he's been playing at a high level on a team that also has been like mixing around things and trying new identities and trying to find the way that they want to play their game. But it's just, that is bizarre, bizarre. And I'm glad that they called him out on it. Yeah. I think that's the one area where as much as I love inside the NBA on TNT, Mm -hmm. I know that wasn't from inside the NBA, but you know, with Charles Shaq and Kenny, it's entertaining I just think Shaq's a great example of a player who lives so much off of what he did. Uh, an incredible career, the championships. He's got so much going on, so many outside interests. You see him on a weekend, he's DJing, he's doing a Papa John's event, he's doing this. Love it. He's everywhere, yep. making appearances, and then he shows up and does like Tuesday and Thursday on TNT. I don't think he watches the league. Thank you. Like, he's not sitting at home if he's got an off night on a Monday night. I don't think he gets an off night. I think he's, like, doing things where he's not sitting down going, you know, I'm going to check in on Minnesota and the Clippers tonight. Yeah. Unless he's doing the game for TNT. And not only that, like you said, kind of going off of his his way of playing and remembering his days, he hasn't embraced the new ways, the new day and age of the NBA. And it's like... You have to do that if you are going to analyze it the the correct way. Um, so for him, not only not having time to watch it, but also not embracing the new style of the NBA and where it's evolved to. Yeah, no, that's that's why that is his comparison. Yeah, I just think a lot of the stuff he says comes across as like he's just lazy and he puts out those random narratives that don't make sense. Like, I, Jeremy Lin? How are you comparing it to Lin's sanity? And I think in his mind, you guys, okay, if we got into Shaq's mind, this is where I think, you know, you'd see, like, Icy Hot, you'd see some DJing. You'd the see, general. You'd see the general. Like, you'd see a few things. And then finally, boom, you get here to the basketball part of his brain. And all he was trying to connect was... <laughs> But Jeremy Lin was good for a small period of time, Lin sanity, and that Anthony Edwards has been good for, you know, a small amount of time, but for some reason compared that those timelines together when they are still very, very different. Yeah, and he's just be better like you have a national platform if you're too busy to do this like stop doing it that's That's how i look at it we'll talk some more hoops coming up 
I cannot believe that's that was his comp today. It was just it, it's just wild. Also, Demarcus Cousins said something about Sacramento. This is proof why Sacramento is different too. We'll talk about it. Let's do some on Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Juice Mason, Morgan, Reagan. We are live Monday through Friday, 11 to 2 here on Sacktown Sports. Make sure you check out the website for a ton of content. Same with the app, Sacktown Sports app, or go to sacktownsports.com. Frankie Cardicelli, who covers the Kings at Kings practice right now, will probably learn in just a bit Fox's status for tomorrow night's game against the LA Clippers. Other stuff you could check out on the website. I know we got a UFC preview, but also the news that we announced yesterday, the 49ers now have a new home. It is Sacktown Sports. Ayo. So check out sacktownsports.com. DeMarcus Cousins mm-hmm. was on with Rachel Nichols on the Showtime show. Yeah. Talking about Sacramento and how they're doing this year. Uh, DeMarcus had some nice things to say about Kings fans. To see that team now doing well, to see the light, the beam, and the excitement and all of that, how does that feel for you? It's dope. Um, I'm just happy for the city and the fans because mm-hmm. they, they really deserve it. Like, that's that's an incredible fan base. They literally – They're the definition of, like, sticking through it with through thick and thin. Yeah. Um, Cowboys – Cowbells ringing with, you know, <laughs> 10 wins in the season. So. Yep. <laughs> um, incredible fan base. They're more than deserving. Um, so I'm excited for them. I'm excited to see where this team goes as well. That would be interesting. And obviously, I mean, I'm a Fox fan. That's, you know. Yeah. Monk, too. That was my UK brother. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's dope to see them doing that. You know what I, I think is cool, though? DeMarcus, of course, we don't need to, like, relive the roller coaster ride nope. of his time in Sacramento. But... I think that's the one thing, even if you didn't like get down with Sacramento completely, I think the great majority of players who come here mm-hmm. have nothing but good things to say about like the vibes in Sacramento and playing here. And I think it speaks volumes when you have all these former players who still like live in town, even if they didn't have the great success and yeah. win 60 games, like they like this fan base. Yeah. It's, I mean, the fans here do nothing but support the hell out of these guys and the guys that either don't buy in or don't give it back whether it's effort on the floor or just like love in the city um they they get treated differently by fans right but like you think about someone like harry giles for example yeah did not even have success here as an individual or with a team but because of the way that he connected as a human being with people within this city, uh, businesses and everything else, just being the good person that he is, he will just always be so loved. Do you think the Kings do, – do fans matter for players when they're looking for a new home? I would say normally no, but I think it if you have a good team and in addition to that you have like a connected, loyal fan base and the environment's hot yeah. – it has to be like a bonus, right? It has. That's what I was going to say. Cause I think no matter what, it's like the money trumps all, right? It's just like, okay, that's what people are looking for is the big contract because in the NBA, you're getting paid no matter what. Um, then maybe it's like looking at the organization, teammates, whatever. 
then you sure you factor in the fans as a bonus. And I think if you're someone like maybe like a Ben Simmons, though, it's something that you really do want to look at. It's something that really could factor into your game and you look at and you go, I need to be somewhere where I'm not going to be just hounded or treated like complete crap. The Ben Simmons stuff. He's out indefinitely. There's yeah. no timetable on his return. No time. I think the I think the Nets are going to sit him out the rest of the season. He's under contract next year too. Like For what? How to, much? That's what I want to know. Fifty something, right? Let me Jeez. double check here. Okay, it's not that much. I was way off. Still. Uh, he, so he makes thirty seven point eight next year. Forty point three the year after that. So yeah, a combined <laughs> almost wow seventy eight million dollars combined. So. Want, who's trading for that? Why did I, you know? You know where he should go. What where? If, the, if they could work something out, San Antonio. Why? Because there's no pressure. They, they're in a rebuilding mode. Maybe they get a top pick. You're with Popovich. You're not dealing with the New York media, the Philly media. You can just worry about trying to get comfortable again. His drop-off, and I know some of it's injury-related with the back and stuff. Yeah. But this is wild. This is wild that a guy, even if you weren't a Simmons fan prior to all this, he's in his own head. He doesn't play the same. And he was already limited from a shooting perspective. Dude, you and I were talking about this the other day. And I think we were like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about Ben Simmons at some point this week. And, um, And you're like, man. I was saying something before the season. Oh, my God. Okay, you guys, Chris, you're going to laugh at this. So, before the season, I think we were about to do a podcast, and I was going to do, like, NBA bold predictions. And I I had it written down. I was like, but I didn't go with it. One of my bold predictions was going to be before the season, Ben Simmons, (laughs) all-star. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's, felt like I thought, okay, you know what? And uh, you know what got me on it? What? JJ Reddick's interview. I was just going to say the interview. It was such an interesting interview. And I'm like, okay, he seems like he's in a good spot. But again, you, you go into a Brooklyn situation that was absolutely chaotic. Now it seems like it's less chaotic, right? Because like Jacques Vaughn's the guy going forward. They no, have a Kyrie. squad. But now they're at a point like, we don't know how to use you. I think he just needs a new home. I'm not done with him. I I, I, I just can't. Go, he is completely done as okay. a player. I okay. think he can still be an impactful player. He'll never live up now to making 37 or $40 million a year. But a guy his size, his defensive skills, back in the day, like his ability to attack the rim with authority, set guys up. Now he passes up layups. There's something going on, and I don't know. A place like, I'm trying to think of a place like smaller market where he can kind of just work on things in San Antonio with a guy like pop who has a resume with a young team that could be a good rehabilitation spot for him. So sure. And I, I, it is so interesting too, because before the season, uh, there was a lot of people, I think it was in the preseason or whenever he was playing and he had missed a free throw pretty bad. And then people were just like, same old Ben Simmons taking off right where he left off or whatever. And it was frustrating. I'm like, don't, why are we going with that narrative early on? Like, let him, like he was still a playmaker making some, you, you see the way he can still pass the ball. His vision is incredible. Um, when he is playing defense, like he's a big body and looks good out there. None of it's his impact on the floor is not, is not 
the same. And it makes me sad as someone who loves basketball so much. I, I just, I feel bad for someone to lose like all their powers. Like it's, it's almost like um space jam when the, the yeah. NBA players truly lose all of their skills and cannot play anymore. That feels like Ben Simmons. And even if there is a physical component to what is happening with him, yeah. what was happening with him, there's zero doubt that mentally right now he's going through it, dude. And it is sad because I I know social media can get like toxic sometimes. We like to clown on players, but I'm sorry, I like Ben Simmons when he was right. And yeah. even though he was flawed, he was a fun player to watch. And to see someone who's clearly going through it just can't get out of it. You're like, man, you just don't want his journey to end. In a bad way. And you say that there's a place for him. And you say, like, yeah, you know, Spurs, you look at the media and just, like, low profile there. Boom. Sounds nice. Do teams truly, at this point, would you want him on the Sacramento Kings? Well, no, because the Kings are in a different position. But the the Spurs could have cap space. They could take him on and just, like, all right, let's just see what he has. I don't know. But you're right. With the amount of money he makes, no, I I would not. Yeah. I would not. And the Kings wouldn't be able to really pull off a trade like that. I just, I don't see the fit. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's rough. Well, coming up next, it's the return of truth or trash. Ooh. We got a ton of topics. We'll tell you if they're truth or trash. You can submit your own, too. Hit us up, 339-1140-1800-920-1140. We're always live at YouTube.com slash Sports 1140 And Mo on your local sports leader, Town Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. I cannot. Well, we too many days off between Kings games. I like the rest a day off, but I, I just crave a little basketball. I'm ready to be at Golden One Center tomorrow night for Kings Clippers. Yeah, I crave it, but I also appreciate you know little little breakage. I really missed it after All Star. All Star, yeah. I was like, oh, I need this in my life, but. It's nice to have a little breather. Oh, I watched that movie you suggested to me. No, you did not. Yes, I did. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. And what'd you think? That was great. Fantastic. Sorry, just taking over really quick just to say that. Seriously. Yeah. Really I mean, good. mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very did good. you cry? Uh, No. Ugh. I like you said, I, I watched that movie like as if it's not like some mega movie. I mean, it was a huge movie. But I always mess up. I don't up. watch I, movies I, I, I always, I've seen it. I always throw it like... Everything at this time, oh, yeah. now it's going to start. <laughs> great movie. It's a great movie. Absolutely. I cried. I laughed. All of the above. Uh, in the chat during the break, someone was asking us, who would you rather place in the, face in the first round? Muhammad was wondering, the Warriors or the Suns? I love that we're to that point of the year where people are like, hey, who do you want to face in the first round? Where before the season, it would be like, I don't care. Just give me one playoff game. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But now we're like, all right. This is real now. You're in the top six. Who would you want to face? We talked about DeMarcus Cousins on Showtime with Rachel Nichols and Paul Pierce. Apparently, he had some things to say about potential Dallas Kings series. Is that what it was, Yeah. He's talking about the potential of a Kings-Mavs playoff series. Here's what Boogie had to say. I think, I think, I mean, I know a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, look, in the playoffs, we all know you got to be battle tested. And sometimes a team has to go playoffs through a first different. round loss to different. learn. But yeah. I, st- I still think that they could be dangerous in the playoffs for at least mm-hmm. a round. No? 
We'll see. Yeah, I think so. The bench is shaky. It depends that on bench who they shaky. catch in the first well, yes. round. Yes. And we've yeah. got teams at the bottom of the West bracket who could potentially turn it on for the playoffs in mm. a way that we have not seen in a long time. So we will see. Like if they get Dallas, they'll pop Dallas. You think like so? If they end up with like Golden State, I'm like, no. oh, no, I'm yeah. scared. They'll pop Dallas? Yeah, Sack will. Yeah, uh-uh, Dallas don't play no defense. Look at his face. Can we show his face? They don't play yeah. no defense. <laughs> Gordon Luka. Nobody. So who's playing defense besides? I know one thing. Dallas is not playing no defense. Thank you, Paul. Right. And, right. and 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 Sack can't outscore Dallas. Yeah, they can. We they, they, they we we gonna see. We gonna get back. To Sacramento that. just played the second most a game worth the second most points in NBA you history. See they just scored hundred and seventy five points. That's cute. Well, That's cute. <laughs> Show me one in the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Yep. Come on, Mike, he Boogie. Was, he was doing good. You know, but what he it always is? does. You know it. what it is with Demarcus? What? He loves. He truly loves Kings fans and the fan base. That's it. He the team. He yeah. Can't, can't stand. He can't because of what happened. You know, and I I get it. He felt like he got played. Whatever. We don't need to go rewind and, and go over that. But it's just interesting. Like they could definitely outscore the Mavs. Yeah. They are the number one scoring team in the league. And where are the Mavs defensively? Yeah. And that's the thing. As good as the Kings are offensively, I'm not naive like in the playoffs it's going to be more challenging sure. when you take on a clippers or the suns or even like uh, just a more like the grizzlies right teams that are more experienced in, in playing postseason games but the maps to me are one of the biggest they they have some of the biggest flaws of any team in the west yeah they've got two studs out there but around that, serious question marks. I'm it, not in on the maps and at not all. only the question marks surrounding that but like the two studs are still trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Two ball-dominant guys that, you know, want to make sure that they're including everyone in their games, but at the same time trying to figure out what their style of play is with some other ball-dominant guys. So it's interesting. Chris sent me this. And I did see this on social media, too. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called Pick a Side mm-hmm. Podcast. Yeah. Very familiar with them. Young guys, it's a little first take-ish for me. Okay. No, it is. Like I, I think they do great work. They they I love that how they do a show, like how they market it, yeah. their YouTube page and all that. They were talking about Kings Mavs yesterday, and uh here's how that went down. There is a world that the Kings could beat the Dallas Mavericks there, in round no, one. No there is zero world. It's, you guys say that because world. of Mavs Luka Doncic. defense. That's there exactly is, there is, the, right. Let me, no finish. Let me finish. Let me finish because I just let you guys speak. Let me finish. It's a long shot, but there's a, that's their best match. Who's favored? Probably. The Dallas Mavericks. By far. Why? Because of Luka Doncic's Kyrie Irving. So what you guys are doing and why you guys are having a stroke right now <laughs> is for the fact that Luka Doncic goes into playoff series and is by far the best player in that series. Understandable. Outside of Kyrie and Luka, this team is not good. Tristan Wood stinks. He's mid. <laughs> you force a bonus to his right hand, the kids are done. He can't go right. He won't double right. Like he's chopped off that hand. So while he's great now in the regular season, that's another issue. Kind of like Julius Randle in the Hawks series where, dude, if you just scheme up against them in a seven-game series and you put them to the stress test, it is over. Luka could sweep them. The, only, di- the, only, the only difference is oh, Sabonis no. is an amazing playmaker. And yeah. I believe that in those situations, he'll be able to find the right pass. And the way that the Kings' offense is so free-flowing, the way that they move without the basketball, it allows me to feel a little bit more confident in the Kings there. Sabonis can't go right. Yeah, that every coach in the league is going... You know what? We'll wait till the playoffs to address this. Yeah, it's try- force force a bonus to go right when 
we're in the playoffs. Don't yeah. do it in the regular season. And you then then it's over. <laughs> it's um, Kings fans went after them a little bit yesterday. Really? Yeah, it was a big oh, thing yeah. on social Kings media. Kings Twitter was all I mean, over. Some it. of the responses were pretty funny from Kings fans. They were going at these guys a little bit for their take on it. What? Like what? Uh, I'm scrolling through the comments okay. right now to see some of them. They were making me laugh earlier. God, yeah, and I, I mean, I understand. I thought that one guy, the guy that was hosting, did a good job of being realistic uh, with his analysis when he was kind of breaking down, hey, they're free-flowing offense. I mean, it's a high-powered offense, right? It's a high-powered offense going up against a... I don't even know where Dallas is defensively with their. In, They've dropped this year. Significantly. Yeah, their yeah. their de- defensive rating. Um, I could just look it up. Thanks, Deuce. But it's it's not great. And on top of that, like we just mentioned, yes, you are playing against one of the best players in the league, and Luka Doncic, and one of the best ball handlers in the league, Kyrie Irving. And I only put that on him because I go. What are they together offensively? What we've seen so far hasn't been, they haven't been able to play at their best ability on the offensive end. And the Mavs, by the way, are currently 23rd in defensive rating. There we go. Okay. The, the Kings are 25th. Yes. So it's it's pretty close. Yeah. but And if you went like last 10 games, yeah, they're both bad defensively. In, you know how many times I feel like I have not been confident whenever someone goes, oh, if the Kings and the Mavs played in the first round, I'm not confidently sitting here and going, oh, yeah, the Kings got that one in the bag. I don't feel that way. I feel like the Mavs, with the experience that they have as well, like, it could get scary. And Christian Wood is someone who can come in, obviously get his... But then there's times where he's so inefficient and he's so inconsistent that you just don't know what you're going to get in a seven-game series with him. And you're going to get this work in the postseason. Christian Wood is just not someone I'm going to be concerned about because his own team doesn't trust him. Yeah. I mean, you look at his minutes played. You know, in February, he's playing 19 minutes. That's nothing in January, Morgan, he yeah. played 34 minutes a night. He went from Dude. playing 30, 34 minutes to playing 19 well, where they're going, uh, you're just trying to do you too much. That's There's what too it, many mistakes. And that's, that's been the rap on Christian Wood. Yep. There's a reason Wood's bounced around the league. It's not because he's not talented. It's because he doesn't always play team ball. It's because mm-hmm. it's inconsistent defensively. Decision-making is not great. Bad attitude. You can't count on that in the playoffs. Yeah. The other thing with the Mavs, as great as Luka is, he's not in shape. And the temperament, not there either. So you can go ahead and tell me that he's the best player in the series. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. But you don't just win series based on that, especially when you take on a Kings team that's high octane and has so many offensive weapons. And it's not even about a team playing Christian Wood off the floor. It's about Christian Wood playing himself off the floor. Just like you said, trying to get... Once he gets hot and gets going, he keeps looking for his. And it's like, they got to figure out a way with all these guys that want to be ball dominant to play some sort of free-flowing team offense. Right. Well, we got Bobby Jackson coming up at 1 p.m. Hell yeah. Today. Excited to talk to Bobby and and get his perspective on how things are going. He's a head coach in the G. 
I'm so ex- I, I I feel like for as much as we see Bobby on the sideline, we always get eye contact, but we never actually really get to have yeah, um, discussions on. anymore. So yeah, excited. In the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports eleven forty. Appreciate you guys being there. If you haven't, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you click the like button. It just helps the channel grow. Big John says, hot take Luca needed Brunson more than Brunson needed Ooh. Luca. Jalen Brunson last night, did you see what he did? Was that last night that, that he... That was last night against uh, the Nets. He had 39 points. He missed three shots. He's 15 of 18. That guy should Magical. have been an all-star. Well, look, he should have been an all-star. Right there up on the TV. That The Knicks. I can't wait. That's going to be a big game. Knicks and Knicks. Wow. The Knicks and Knicks. The or Knicks, Knicks and Kings coming and up Kings. in Sacramento on TNT next week. Can't wait. All right, we got Truth or Trash coming up next. Do some more on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sat Sports. One of our favorites, Bobby Jackson, joining us at 1 p.m. It's Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. If you're listening in your car, 11:40 a.m. Appreciate you. We're live and local Monday through Friday, 6 a to 6 p. Make sure if you get home or if you're driving around, how on your phone? Yeah, you got the YouTube feed, man. YouTube, you can chat with other fans at YouTube.com/slash. Yeah. YouTube.com oh. slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Ton of fans in there. It's cool because now this like community is kind of building on this page. Yeah. And you're seeing familiar faces come in every day. And it's it's like we're all just kind of hanging out together, you know? That's what it, no. And that's what I was hoping this would be like in the middle of the day when we first took on this gig was like, okay, you guys, we have like a lot of different things that we do. But this in the middle of the day, I need it to be, I need it to be like we're all hanging out and mm-hmm. chatting. And that's why having the live stream and having people <laughs> comment away, whether it's about sinus infections, Shaq saying something dumb or, you know, whatever else about the Kings, it's great. Yeah. And so I really, really appreciate you guys being here. Well, we have not done this this week because we were off on Tuesday. What? We usually do it on Ooh. Tuesday. Yeah. It's Thursday. It's time for Truth or Trash. We tell you what's real and what's downright garbage. It's Truth or Trash. Truth or Trash. With Deuce and Mo. All right, Morgan, first one. If the Kings make the playoffs, you'll cry. <laughs> Truth. You, you think you're going to cry? Oh. Like, that night, you think talking about it, you'll tear up? I cried when they put a Depog chain on the G-Man. Yep. I'm definitely going to cry when the Kings make the playoffs. One billion percent. Not a, it's just I'm I'm an emotional person. Induce it's it the thing that this team has done such a great job of this year is made us all feel like we're a part of the team. Yeah. You know, that's something we haven't felt over the years of bad basketball and just like the disconnect. This year, more than ever, every time they celebrate in that locker room and they have that fog machine on, I can smell it. I swear I can smell it. <laughs> well, I, you won't be anymore because your sinus issues. You sure? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say trash. I don't think I'd cry. I think I'm going to be too amped up and fired up. Oh, you, you think I'm going to cry? You're a little baby. You're going to cry. I'm not afraid to cry. You're I'm not, a little baby. I'm not even saying it like, hey, I'm a man. I don't cry. I know. I'm an alpha. Alphas don't cry. We don't have emotion. No, I'm just saying, yeah. like, I think I'll be too like happy. Yeah. And like, I'm, I don't know. I don't think I'd, I'd cry. Chris, are you going to cry? No. Save this, though, because 
Yeah. <laughs> me, and, me and Deuce are just going to be bawling. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you guys crying about? <laughs> yeah, no. I will. I I say I'm going to cry, but it's, I don't know. It just feels like, you know, they yeah. say a playoff birth, B-E-R-T-H. It's like a. I don't like that either. Birth. What? How playoff birth is B-E-R-T-H. Yeah, why is it? Why? Yeah, why? Let's, let's, yeah, truth or trash, look at this up. A ship's allotted a place at a wharf now. or dock, a fixed bed or bunk on a ship train. What? Yeah, it should just be birth. Like, yeah, play no, I think it, it's like a birth, like you're sending the ship out. <laughs> I think it's more of a baby it means coming to out. Bring something usually ship into a place where it can stay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. So, like, so you're, it's birthing into the playoffs. But it's like you're not even staying in the playoffs if you get knocked out. So, what, what do you call that? Knocked out? Yeah. Next up on Truth or Trash, Morgan. <laughs> yeah. There's no debate. Mike Brown is the NBA's coach of the year. Well, I'll go trash because there's debate, even though I think he's coach of the year. And the debate that I would say is obviously Celtics head coach. And I I, I look at their situation and everything that they've been through this year. And it's still incredible whether you have a team that made the finals last year or not to handle the adversity that you had to handle at the beginning of the year in what your team is doing right now in this season with their success. Like, it's the debate, but Mike Brown and the Kings making the playoffs this year is the answer. Yeah, to me, it's clear. It's truth. And Missoula deserves love for coming in in a tough situation and steering the ship. But let's not lose sight of how talented that team was. Sure. Ime Udoka, it's not like he was there for seven years and built a foundation. Boom. Right. It went from Brad Stevens, Udoka for a year, slow start, made the finals, lost to Missoula, who's carried this team on with two legitimate talents in Tatum and Brown, plus everything around him, the depth. They were going to be good. Like, I understand that I'm not trying to minimize what they've accomplished, but... Even, I think what Mike Brown's accomplished in this turnaround has been far more significant than what the Celtics have accomplished you, this year. Do you think the Missoula youth thing is something that factors in, too, for people when they, like, look at the situation? They go, that's so cool. Oh, like, yeah, he's 34 years old. Right. So I'm sure it does. I just think when you look at where the Kings have been the last 16 years, it's not only making the playoffs and ending a drought. They're... In the number three spot. Yeah. They've got the best offense in the NBA. And this is off the heels of last year when the offense was not good and the defense was bad. They had two all-stars. It's clear he has changed the culture here. And I think most people around the league feel the same way. I, I honestly don't even think it's close. I'm not saying there are other candidates. Missoula's one. Will Hardy's one. I think some people would make the case for Michael Malone in Denver being a coach of the year candidate. To me, it's like, yeah, they're in the mix, but there is a clear-cut favorite. It's Mike Brown. How fun is that? How fun is that to feel that confidence in that? Adrian says, so we're just 100% certain we are making the playoffs. Uh, I'm not going to say 100%, but the Kings are in a good position to make the playoffs. Say I'm like not 89%. That's a very scientific thing, right? You, right? You, you calculate I some did, things. I and, did, you guys, I did the math. And then when you put it in these certain columns, it makes sense. That, oh, 89. Morgan's emotions, everything. Put That's it up in the jar. I just ran some numbers. Yeah? And I've got the Kings at making the playoffs at 106%. Oh, God. Well, take another math class. Well, if you look at the loss column. Oh, 
Here we go. Kings with 25 losses. Uh-huh. Other teams behind them, De- uh, excuse me, Phoenix has 29 losses. Mm. Golden State with 30. The Clippers with 31. Dallas, 31. Minnesota, 32. I mean, the Kings would really have to go in the complete, like, tank down the stretch and just fall apart, which, again, it is the NBA. Anything's possible. So, no, I- I'm confident that they're going to have a good shot to stay in the top six. But until it's done, I'm kind of with – yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'm- well, hey, B-Ball Jones on the YouTube chat says 300%. So, whatever math that is, um, he could be right, too. I think he's right. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, Clay Thompson said, I promise you this. When we're healthy, no one wants to see us in the playoffs. I promise you that. In fact, this is exactly how he said it, Morgan. With 20 games left, it's such a golden opportunity for us to increase our seeding. Uh, just getting a great rhythm. And these role guys are getting such a great experience right now. It's going to pay off huge come playoff time. And I promise you this, when we're healthy, no one wants to see us in the postseason. Right? I guarantee that. I promise you that. And uh, it's, I always, I mean, we expect to win a championship. Like, while we're here, like, it, it, everything else is falling short. And that's a special privileged position to be in. Not many franchises can wholeheartedly say that. More in truth or trash, Clay Thompson is delusional. Um, what? <laughs> I just noticed Ugh. your eyes are so watery again. It, it just, looks like you were te- were you tearing up because of clay. No, you guys, this happens when it when I want to sneeze. <laughs> it doesn't. But, grow. but you're faking it, Mo. You're just milking it for everything. Yes, it hurts so bad. <laughs> <laughs> a me- I just turn after playing that, and I turn to Morgan, and it just looks like she has tears. I like was looking at Deuce, like I can't open my eyeball. Um. <laughs> Okay, going back to Clay Thompson. Um, you know what's hard about this situation right now with the Warriors? It's hard to just count him out when he says that because they have proven year after year in weird it's cute. seasons, it's cute. in weird seasons though, that they find a way. And that's why I'm having a hard time and it's making me cry. I just... I'm going to say this. I don't think, as you stuff tissue up your nose, I don't think that anyone wants is going to be excited about, oh, I can't wait to play the Warriors in the first round if they had that matchup. I don't think anyone's excited about that. Yeah. But this is a Warriors team. It's not last year's team. It's not. I know. And everyone needs a real— I know. It is not that. And if you are in that thinking— it's only because you're thinking about the the pat. It's there's nothing you've seen this year that would indicate it from Steph Curry's house. Wiggins is not around. The young guys have been inconsistent. They don't have that same type of depth that they had last but year. But what about I and I agree with that and it's a team sport and you know how I feel about that. But what about Steph Curry? And I know we say if healthy, when healthy, but isn't it scary and hard to even doubt Steph Curry still? Can't do it by himself. Okay. Okay. I have the ultimate respect. I'm just not that fearful when it comes to the Golden State Warriors. We were talking about playoff berth earlier. Yeah. Why is it B-E-R? Yeah. And Jeremy says, it's where a ship is docked. So it's a, it's where a team is docked in the standings. Oh. I don't like I'm going to start calling it berth with an I. And then we, we do an image of, of King's- the King's logo being born out of... But, like, do, like, a sheet over yeah, 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 and, yeah. like, two legs up and then it's you're just It's like, and, and Sabonis' head's coming no, out. No, that's... See, so... Th- no, we we so could I'm just do it. I'm picturing Ace Ventura 2 with the rhino. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, God, yes. Uh, and Rory in the chat was saying that DraftKings has the implied probability at 99% for the Kings in the playoffs. That's crazy. Wow. Uh, well, okay. coming up next, let's talk about the other <laughs> Kings squad, the Stockton Kings. Ooh. One of my favorite Sacramento Kings of all time, former NBA Sixth Man of the Year yeah. winner, Bobby Jackson, joins us at 1 o'clock. Do not go anywhere. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Here's Mason Morgan Reagan. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Bobby Jackson scheduled to join us in mere moments. He better because I texted me. So, yeah, I'm going to go Scheduled. I said, use that link. You you better use that link, Bobby. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh, he's here. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. He, kn- he knew how to use technology. Oh, well, let's see? welcome him in. He is the Stockton Kings uh, head coach. NBA what six. Up? Oh, hey, Bobby Jackson. You already said what's up. NBA six man of the year. Bobby Jackson. What's hey. up, Bobby? What's going on, guys? How you doing, man? Hey, Morgan. Hey, Morgan. How you doing? I'm sorry. Hey, thanks, Bobby. I'm doing great. And I just want to start with, I was telling Deuce, one of my favorite things about calling Stockton Kings games is being <laughs> on that scores table and looking up at you whenever you get, like, frustrated about something <laughs> or you're not okay with something and you just give me this look like, you see that? And I go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the life of being a coach. Kids driving you crazy. <laughs> um, understanding how not to overreact to a lot of things. I think I've grown in a lot of different areas, though. Dude, that's what I was going to ask you about. Of course, for those who don't realize, Bobby Jackson is the head coach of the Stockton Kings, and <laughs> his G League team's playing well, 16-6 and six in the mm. regular season. The number two seed in the Western Conference in the G League. They actually played tonight at Stockton Arena against the Texas Legends, so Bobby joined us on a game day. Bobby, I know you've done the coaching thing. You've done the assistant thing. You've done a variety of roles. What's your favorite part about coaching? You know, honestly, my favorite part is just the development part of the game, like the X's and O's. Um, Honestly, helping young guys get to where they need to get to and develop their game, especially at the G. It's a grind Mm -hmm. every single day. Um, So, you know, when I can help guys – um, develop their game, figure out how to be consistent, become professionals, and, and understanding how to build a routine. You know, that's that's the big thing for me is is honestly watching them thrive and grow in their own roles, but hopefully one day becoming an NBA player. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. You talk about players developing over these years, and I just feel like even as a coach talking to you about hoops over the years – I mean, you've developed in different ways of, as well. How how do you feel that you've developed as a coach over the years? I think with me, I think that's been the best thing for me coming into this role, you know. And I and I, I was saying this to somebody the other day, like you don't know what coaching is like until you become a head coach. Mm. And so for me, being these last two years. I've learned so much tremendously um, outside of being behind the bench and being the player development, being in the front office. Like, it's nothing like running your own program, running your own plays, coming up with all your own defensive and offensive schemes, um, getting guys to buy into 
team instead of I. You know, so I feel like I like this is probably the best thing for me. And I advise all guys that want to be an NBA coach to come through the G League mm. because it's a grind. It's going to test you, but it's also going to develop you and give you that fortitude and the charisma and the knowledge that you need to be successful, um, whether whether it's high school coaching, whether it's college coaching, NBA coaching. So for me, it's, it's been a great it's been a great opportunity just to learn and grow. Dude, that's what the G League's about. I mean, I think the same thing even for us. Like we want to do announcing, and I've been able to do play by play. Morgan is a color analyst for the the Stockton Kings, and. I compare to what I was doing in my first year to now, and it's like, mm-hmm. th- just getting these reps, just getting more comfortable. Yeah. Like it, it goes such a long way in your development. How do you think you've changed from like day one as a head coach to now? Uh, last year, I was trying everything. Like I, like I think keeping the game simple, right? And I, like for me, that was probably the biggest challenge for me because I watch a lot of film. I want to run a lot of ATOs. But sometimes you can't run the difficult ATOs because sometimes you just got to keep it simple just based on the roster that you have, the players that you have. And so that was probably the biggest challenge outside of the 30-second timeouts. The 30-second timeouts last year was a nightmare for me when I first started because they come fast. And now you got to really, really pay attention to drawing up your plays, and you got to be disciplined with it. So the 30-second timers was tough. Uh, but I think the biggest challenge for a G League coach is the pulling and the taking of the players, yeah. figuring out how to build consistency and chemistry and camaraderie. I think every G League goes through this. I think that's probably the number one thing that – kind of handicaps you from being successful. We've done a good job with it this year with the moving and the taking of Nimi, Chima, Keon, and then KZ being up. So that's probably the toughest things is just trying to get those guys to buy into doing things the right way every single night. Yeah. That, I mean, you talk about all the turnover, uh, not seeing consistency with the players. I mean, you guys – just added John Butler Jr. with the Portland Trailblazers because they don't have a G League team. Yeah. So you got this young guy coming in, and Deuce and I were kind of laughing about this the other day, going like, dang, when he goes back, is he going <laughs> to take away all the Sacramento Kings plays and just bring them on back to the Portland Trailblazers? But seriously, it's more of that trying to add a new piece in there. What's What are some of the challenges adding and subtracting some of these players as you continue to go forward? Um, I would probably just say get like he doesn't have any playing time with the guys. Um, yeah. He's a new guy in our environment. But I think we got a great group of young men on our roster where we're welcoming him with open arms. Um, and he has a, 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 a unique talent. He's seven feet. He can shoot it. He has guard-like skills. Uh, and he's he doesn't demand the ball. He can play in our motion offense and understand what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. Now, if he came in like, oh, I got to shoot. If they came in saying, well, he needs to get 15 and 20 shot attempts a game, then that would probably make it a little bit more difficult. But he's a team player. He's coming in. He's doing the right thing. And I think he has a really good shot 
have been a unique NBA player because of his size and his shooting ability. Let's talk about a couple of guys that I know Kings fans in Sacramento are wondering about. Keon Ellis, who we've seen a little bit in Sacramento, but you've gotten to see him up close in Stockton. I thought last game he played probably one of his better games of the year. I mean, he's just so active defensively, plays with some intensity. Uh, what what have you seen from the rookie Keon Ellis? Oh, man, he was he was amazing the other yeah. night. When Keon is locked in and, you know, he's playing both ends of the floor, you know, I actually want him to shoot eight threes a game instead of five. Wow. Right? His ability to shoot the three at an elite level, like he's shooting over 40%. So that's why I want him to get more three-point field goal attempts. But when he locks in and he's a pest on the defensive side of the ball, it just leads to open chance, deflection, open chance opportunity, open court opportunities, deflections, steals, and, and it just gets him going, you know. And he's been phenomenal for us this year, and he's grown a lot from once the season started to now, and hopefully he can continue to develop but also help us win games uh, down the stretch these last 10. Yeah, that was such a fun game the other day for him. He just looked so dominant on both ends of the floor. And I think another guy a lot of Sacramento Kings fans love to talk about is Namias Keita. And that's someone in the beginning of this season. And even in the past, Deuce and I have talked about how ah, he needs a little bit more nasty to his game. He seems to be a little bit more physical. He seems to understand um, what's in front of him now at the G League, trying to find his rhythm and being dominant in the paint. What do you like about Nimi? Well, and you said it all, Morg. I think the one thing about Nimi is he's taking on the role of, of being a dominant force for us. And if he's not protecting the paint, he's not setting screens, he's not uh, rebounding, he's not blocking shots, right? And he knows he has to play with that force every single night, you know. And I think he actually has those – I think he has NBA talent and he should – just me – I think he should be on the NBA roster. Like, I love that he's with yeah. us, but he, he has great size. He has great work ethic. Still has some things that he has to get better with. Um, he kind of turns the ball over a lot at the high post and still making those reads. But outside of that, man, he he brings a lot of tenacity. And just playing with force, right? Just trying to get him to play with force every single play. Take his time. Eliminate the the – the unforced turnovers, but he's been special for us. I imagine it's got to be pretty cool as a coach to see <laughs> like guys just develop. And I know it's not all because of you coaches, but you have to take some pride when you see like some of your guys get better from when they first joined to now. Yeah. And that, and that comes from our coaching staff. Like our coaching staff, we do, they do a tremendous job, you know, Will, Jimmy, JC, all our, our interns, whether it's Ryan, Aaron, um, and, and the rest of the crew that allows us to be successful. You know, so when you when you see the players be successful and they develop on the floor and they playing great games, it's a lot of people have had uh, some hands on and put hands on them and work, work with them. Oh, did we lose Bobby? Bobby. Oh, man. And his screen went blank Ugh. on us. Let's see if he comes back. Maybe? No? Oh, he's back. He's back. Okay, you're back. Hey. He's cut out for a second. Yeah, you're saying they, like, there's so many. You have so many. You have such a great support staff to help develop these guys. Something else I did want to ask you about. The Kings, Sacramento Kings have had like a really fun year. 
and I know you're busy with your own stuff, but I want to talk about the energy with this fan base, man. I'm walking around Sacramento again. It seems like everyone's talking about the Kings. What do you remember about this city when you were on the team going through like that playoff run, the early two thousands, what made that so special with, with the fans? Man, the city was electric. Yeah. Right. You couldn't, we couldn't go anywhere. Everywhere we went, it was, it was signing autographs and you could feel that vibe again. Right. The guys are playing their butts off. They're being consistent. Um, and they're having fun. That's the most important thing when they step out the floor every single night, they're having fun. They're competing. They're playing at an elite level. They're sharing the ball. They're playing, they, you know, the number one offensive scoring team in the league. You know, so they're doing a great job. And I think the city is going to galvanize and, and be behind them just for the simple fact. It's been 16 years without being in the playoffs. So, you know, when you have success, now people start to say, you know what, this is a great opportunity for us to get back behind the Sacramento Kings, but also support them. And I don't think that it has left. It's just more energized whenever you walk around Sacramento or you go somewhere, the people are really in tune to the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, after every game, the beam goes up. (laughs) Like people love that type of stuff um, to bring some type of uh, creativity to the league, but also to the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I'm sure fans are coming up to you all the time now talking about what, what Sacramento <laughs> is doing because you, you still live here. Are you are you feeling the, that from the fans too? I still feel a little bit of love, yeah. but, you know, it's I've been here for 22 years. I've been here since 2000, and, like, this is home for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm a fixture wherever I go, and uh, I think them reminding me that how well the Kings is going – but also reminded me how well my team is doing, yes. the Stockton Kings is doing. It's amazing. You know, both teams are playing great basketball, and hopefully we can make a great push um, going into the playoffs. You mentioned being here for this long. You know, what made you fall in love with Sacramento? Because I feel like around the league, you know, people are like, oh, Sacramento, that's a bad stop. But I, when people end up playing here, a lot of you former players end up staying in Sacramento. What, what was it about this city? It was the best. I mean, when I first got here, to be honest with you, my rookie year, oh, man. Uh Uh-oh. It was bad. It was nothing to do in Sacramento. And I actually said this. I said this my rookie year. I would never play. I would never come play for the Sacramento Kings because it wasn't nothing to do. It was nothing but agriculture land. Yes, I actually said that my rookie year. Because, you know, you get used to all the big cities, yeah. playing, in, playing in Houston, playing in Miami, playing in New York, playing in Chicago, right? Um, and then you get the sack, and it's like 20 years ago, it was small, nothing going on. So now it just grew on, grew, grew on me. My kids was born here. So, so you know, the, the city of Sacramento is treating me um, well, and I don't have anything but nothing but respect. Um, for the city of Sacramento. Bobby, one more thing for you, too. Deuce and I were talking about this earlier with uh, players nowadays and how it's got to be nice when you're obviously playing for an organization that has, like, a great fan base that loves you, that's, you know, energetic. Is that something that a player 
would actually care about when looking to sign with a team? Or is that just an extra bonus? Um, say that again. You cut out about a, it, it. Just, just about fan base. You know, like think about like we can go over like some crappy fan bases, and you think about like some fan bases that are ruthless, like uh, Philly or you know some uh, New York or where wherever people are just going to boo on their players. Does it does it motivate a player to want to sign somewhere when they know that there's a cool fan base there, or is that just a bonus? Uh, I think it's a bonus. Uh, I think people. I think players, the today players, they don't worry about the fan base. They worry about the city on activities and how big it is. I think the biggest thing is when you're a small market team, it's really tough to understand and get. uh... And Bobby, it froze again. Did it freeze again? They They play a huge part in that. Um, but that's a small that they play in. I think when you when you think about signing somewhere and playing for a team, I think you look at how big the city is, the entertainment side, the wins and losses, and then the fan base comes. I think that comes down the road. I think that's like third or fourth yeah. uh, in my mindset. But – when you come to Sacramento, I think that's the one thing we've been known for. Our fan base has been tremendous, and it's been amazing. Well, Bobby, I appreciate you hanging out with us for a bit, man. Uh, good luck tonight. We'll see you tonight. Uh, hopefully you guys can keep it rolling in Stockton, man. You, you guys have been killing it this year, 16-6, and six, the number two spot in the West. I think just a game out, number one behind Memphis. Woo! Bobby wants to be coaching a playoff game let's in the go. G League this year. So let's go, Bobby. Yeah, we need to make that happen, man. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, that's Bobby Bye, Jackson. Bobby. We'll see him tonight. Yeah, if you are you don't have anything to do tonight, go down to Stockton, Stockton Arena. See the Kings take on the Legends. You get to see Keon Ellis, Namias Keda, and that group that's like, they're playing good basketball. That's the one thing, too, with the G League. These guys play so hard. Ugh, it's so, so fun. Watch Because think about it. Both squads have guys that are trying, that all have the same goal. And that's to make it to the next level. So everyone wants to make sure not only that they're showcasing their talents, but by showcasing your talent, you have to be a good teammate too. So sometimes you're just seeing some really good basketball go down. Bobby Jackson is one of my favorites. He not only is a player, man, but he's just a really, really good person. He, <laughs> You know what I love, though? He's blunt, will tell you how it is, but, will, but still is just like this... Um, very good human being, and I just feel so lucky I've been able to get to know him over these last couple of years. Yeah, and I think he's got a good ability to connect with players because of what you just said. Like, he keeps it real. Mm-hmm. It's not like he you're, you are going to know where you stand with Bobby Jackson. Yep. And I, I love that he's getting this experience to be a head coach. You know, being a head coach in the G League, like we were just Oof. talking about, is tough. I mean, Jordy Fernandez, who's with the Kings right now, used to be a G League coach with the Cleveland Cavs organization. And it's such a good experience because you you aren't going to get the same type of things you do in the NBA, right? Yeah. And so to get that where players are coming and going and the travel's different and the preparation's different and 
you know, it's not all about wins and losses, but you want to win, but you want to develop. There's a lot of things you have to balance as a G League coach, and it's good that Bobby Jackson's getting those reps. I also just love that a guy who was such an important player to this organization when he played here is still around and involved. I love it. I love it. Um, You want to get to a couple more truth or trash I had that we did not have time for? Sure. All right. Good. I'm glad you said Uh, that. Yeah. What if, wait, what if I said no? I would say, what do you want to do? Oh, God, yeah, no. Truth or trash, please. Here's one for you. Uh-huh. Truth or trash. <laughs> There's no clear-cut favorite for the NBA MVP. I'll go with truth. I, because we, you, in some ways, you want to say clear-cut, it's Jokic. I mean, but three weeks ago, I'm saying Jason Tatum. Right. I know that's your clear-cut, Deuce. It's but- not my clear-cut. I don't oh. have a clear-cut. Okay. Oh, so are you also trash? I'm trash. Okay. And the NBA.com had their like their MVP ladder. It had Jokic one, uh-huh. Giannis two, Embiid okay. three, Tatum four, what? and then uh, Doncic, Luca fifth. Um. Yeah. I mean, Jokic has been phenomenal. They're, they have the number one record in the Western Conference. Embiid, dude, that's a good one. Embiid's been great. Yep. Giannis has been really great. I know. And the Bucks have won now officially. 16 in a row after beating the Magic yesterday. That can't, that can't be right. Yes. It's right I, this time. I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, you, <laughs> it's not a story tonight, today. No, there's no story about it. Uh, by the way, Giannis, Mort, I mentioned this while you walked out the other night when I was, or walked out yesterday yeah. to go to the bathroom during a break. What Giannis has been doing lately, you know, those numbers, ridiculous numbers, he's yeah. doing it under like 30 minutes a night. So he's getting his, again, you want to talk about load management how about you have a good team that allows your stars to to not have to wear out their bodies night in and night out i mean yeah you all want to do that it's just a tough league to do it in but the bucks fantastic job being able to manage that yeah i think it's a fun mvp race it's interesting the conversation that was being had yesterday like jj reddick went pretty uh Hard on, hey, Jokic, what he's been able to do. And then Kendrick Perkins had some ridiculous take about the MVP conversation. What? About how, like, the multi-time winners recently have been Larry Bird, Steve Nash, and potentially Jokic. What do they all have in common? And they're outside the top 10 in scoring. And then it's like, yeah, but he kind of cherry-picked some stats. Mm -hmm. When it's like, well, Magic Johnson didn't lead the league in scoring. Like, he was outside. So he cherry-picked a bit. it's so tough because no one has a true criteria as to what is the MVP. And to be honest, I I don't know. I know everyone wants to have like, it's got to be this guy. And these analytics say this. I don't know. I watch Giannis and I go, who's like him? You know, like who can stop that guy? The guy puts up numbers all the time. He's a freak. He's good defensively. He impacts the game in so many ways. And his team's awesome. Year, every single year, we go over different criteria. And if your criteria is like he's most valuable to that team and without that, without him, the team would be so different. And then others, it's, oh, no, he is the best and he could beat anyone, any any night, any game. It doesn't matter who he's matched up against. Like, there's different things that people factor in when they have their MVP candidates. And there's so many good players playing on such a high level. It this converse, It's a conversation. And it's going to be somewhat subjective at times sure. to just what you feel like an MVP is. Well, and I also just don't think because there's not a clear cut. Yeah. 
there's a debate. And I, I just – and maybe it's because none of those guys are on the Kings. I don't really care much about it. But I'm going, yeah, I could make a case for Jokic. Yeah. I could make a case for Giannis and Embiid, Tatum. Those are the four. I think that's fair to say. Those uh-huh. are the four. The Luka thing, I'm, no. If your team's hanging around 500, you're not MVP candidate. We're moving on. Okay. That's how I look at it. Well, now I feel like this year more than ever, you can – you can absolutely say that. That can be your that can be your criteria. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, you saying you're welcome. that. Hey, also, I want to hook some Ooh. people up. If you're caller number ten right now, you're getting hooked up because the, the you got to get the, ready for the fallout, Morgan. I messed that up. <laughs> the fallout from AEW Revolution, March eighth at Golden One Center. AEW All Elite Wrestling coming to Sacramento. For the first time for Rampage and, of course, Dynamite Wednesday. Secure seats today at goldenonecenter.com slash events. Or if you're caller 10 right now at 339-1140, that's 916-339-1140, you will win a pair of tickets to All Elite Wrestling. Chris Verlad will be in the building. Will he be in the ring? Really? I will be in the building. In the ring? Where are you sitting, Chris? Uh, I am... Up in, the, in one of the lofts. Whoa! Oh. I was going to say, fans can go see Chris for a lot, you know, if you want. No, you can't. Security will be in the covering lo- that loft, oh. huh? Will the champ be there? I don't think so. It's been a while since we've seen the champ. Okay. Oh. Right. He popped up uh, a couple weeks ago, but. Okay. Facts. We have more uh, from Chris coming up because we got story time with Chris for a lot I need as that. Well, it's Deuce Are you Simo. sure you want that? Morgan? I want that. It's coming up. Deuce and Mo on Sackdown Sports. Tomorrow's show is going to be a good one. We are going to get you ready for another big game. Kings back in action against the L.A. Clippers. A rematch, but this time it's at Golden One Center. De'Aaron Fox will play in that game after missing the Kings' last game against OKC. He was back at practice today, and Frankie Cardicelli says he will be back and playing for Sacramento. You can check out Frankie Cardicelli's work at SacktownSports.com. A ton of great content there. Always posting stuff all the time. Yeah. Great local content at SacktownSports.com. Also, tomorrow's show. Yeah? Yeah, we're getting ready for Kings Clippers. Yeah, we are. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. We're going to have at 11.13 tomorrow. Very specific. Write that down. I expect you to remember. We got Mark Campbell, Sac State women's head coach. Yeah! We also have at 12.30, David Patrick, the Sac State men's head coach. Both those squads are getting ready for the Big Sky Conference Tournament's both coming off huge seasons, successful seasons. Our city We're thriving. is so dope. Right it's now, a basketball it's not town. not even funny. It's I a, know. And if you want to count Stockton in there, the Stockton oh my Kings God. are balling. Sacramento. We got the Sac State Hornets women's team and Hornets men stingers up balling. We're going to highlight them on Friday's show. Also, Kings Roundtable. Yeah! So, I can't wait. My it, mood. I, I honestly... I'm really eager to see what the vibes are like at Golden One Center tomorrow. I Ooh. think yeah, I, people, we thought the vibes were hot on that Saturday game against the Mavs. Yeah. I think it feels even more elevated now. I think this town is believing in this team. Uh-huh. Even if you go, uh, and we've had this conversation. I think Jason brought this up. I was like, oh, could they like? 
be a championship contender. You know, usually if you're a top three seed, you're you're like in the mix. He did bring it up. They're not in the mix, and it's okay. And I think I had someone go at me about that, Morgan. It's like, how could you say they're not going to win a championship? Blah blah blah. Someone went at you. No yeah, way. And I'm like, because it's it's not time yet. Yeah, and it's okay. I don't. And prove me wrong. I will be the first one. I'm like, dude, I was wrong on that. We're not there, and it's okay. I'm just eager to enjoy this ride, see what the vibes are like tomorrow in a big game against the Clippers. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I think even in the beginning of the season when so many people, whenever we do those preseason shows and people want us to make predictions, I hate predictions. But I try to be realistic, and my realistic approach was, you know, I think the Kings will be in the play-in conversation, but they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, And I usually don't take a stand that direct and say they're not going to do something but I just didn't understand how they would take this leap in this short amount of time and how everything fell into place perfectly the west keep crumbling western conference crash (laughs) um but seriously it, it has been nice the way that things have been going and but also the kings have put themselves in this position it's not just because of flukiness happened in the western conference well we'll have it all covered on friday's show before we move on though Oh, I yeah? think it's time. It's time for story time with Chris Verlon, baby. This program on an announcement. It's that time of the day where Chris Verlon gives you the stories that you need to hear, or maybe not. Story time. What is Chris bringing to the table? These are the stories that we probably want to cover otherwise, but no. Chris brings them to the table. Let's go. So this story comes from San Francisco, California, the Daily Beast. And this is something that Morgan preaches about all the time. Oh, Oh, no. Okay. Esther Crawford, head of Twitter payments, she went all in on Twitter 2.0. Twitter 2.0, of course, is when Elon Musk hooked over for Twitter and made his changes and everything like that. It's been so good. Yeah, so good. She went viral in November when she tweeted out a picture of herself sleeping in her office she quote tweeted that picture saying, when your team is pushing round the clock to make deadlines, sometimes you hashtag sleep where you work. That's so, she's, so she's, unhealthy. She's a team player yeah. doing everything in that. Fortunately, two weeks ago, Esther was uh, let go along with 49 other employees for the company. Is that the story? That's the story. Oh, well, my God. Sleeping on the job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're at work... You're working. You're not sleeping. If you need to go to sleep, you go to a thing called home in your bed. How many times, how many times have I said to you people, you can do anything you want for your company, your organization. They won't give a damn, a damn about you at the end of the day. So no, do not give them your life. Do what you need to do. Do not sleep at work to work around a clock because they're just going to fire you 40 days later. Dang. Thank you, Duke. Mo. Yeah, got you. <laughs> All right, let's move on to New York City. This comes from the BBC News. Hello. 42 teenagers from Bar Beacon School in Walsall were treated to an impromptu trip to New York following a ski trip in Lincoln, New Hampshire. Okay. That's pretty cool. Fun. The students were due to come back home uh, last Saturday, but were forced to stay after the lodge that they were staying at destroyed 41 of the students' passports. Oh, what what destroyed the hotel? The hotel destroyed how their passports. They shredded them. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. They sh- how, how do you shred passports? With, with the, the paper shredder. The no, thing in there. I understand how it's actually shredded. Yeah, I understand yeah, oh, how okay. a shredder works. Okay. But you get to, you don't just, you have to like, yeah. Hold the per- the, the, the the passport, yeah, put, it put it in. in. And it's a deliberate act. Right. It's not a like. It's vicious. Hey, it sounds things. vicious. So the UK embassy in New York has been working around the clock, and we're able to make and we're able to make it uh, make it so the kids could go home a few days later. The lodge has been contacted, but there has been no statement, and it is not clear why the passports were destroyed. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I, honestly, I'm going to say they deserved it, and here's why. I guarantee. High school kids, impromptu trip, New York Lodge. Is that what you said? Yeah. They were they they were they destroyed I, it. I think you're they onto des- something. They destroyed because it. Because this is what I caught in the story. What? There was forty two students on this trip. Forty one passports were destroyed. Oh, so one kid destroyed the passports. Oh, that's what you're thinking. Yeah, instead of the lodge being oh, like, we yeah. don't like the oh. kids. <gasps> the, the, the kid had so much fun that they wanted to stay forever. Wait. Are... So wait, whatever kid's passport wasn't ruined is... That is my number one suspect. <laughs> but most likely is somebody just like, I don't know. Is but... it illegal to ruin someone's passport too? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, that kid should go to jail. Pass that law, Morgan says. <laughs> we have a huge issue in this country. We have people shredding passports. So weird. All right, I think we have time for one yeah, more. Yeah, we do. This comes from Champaign, Illinois, Yahoo Sports. Okay. So last week, Illinois forward Matthew Mayer missed a few days of practice. Did you see the story? No. So he missed a couple of days of practice, and then when he came back, he was asked why why he's been gone. What was a Did you have an illness or that? And here's him explaining it. I've actually been sick the last few days. I had caffeine poisoning. I literally had uh, six monsters the day of the game. I only had one before, but I had five after because I like a caffeine-induced euphoria to play video games in. Um, and so I uh, I could barely get out of bed the next day. It was like basically like a caffeine hangover. And uh, so this is my first day of practicing since then. A little too like, yeah, you know, just one of those things that kind of happens. No, bro, <laughs> don't eat. You're drinking poison. Poison. I don't think I could drink half of one monster <laughs> I couldn't even have a sip so if you're having that many yeah you're, you're there's gonna be something wrong with his kidneys <laughs> so can play video games like I know I, I don't think people in still understand energy drinks and what is happening inside their bodies but Proceed. Well, you, you don't. By the way, when you're in college, you don't think about that. I would remember when drink. four locos were a thing. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Morris like, I don't remember that. <laughs> you know, is that what okay. it sounded like yeah. when I was drinking? Yeah, <laughs> on four loco. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> That's insane. Um, we should get to this breaking news. What? Kings related. Your NBA Western Conference Coach of the Month, Mike Brown. Mike Boonholzer wins in the East, but yes, Mike Brown has Everybody won the NBA's Coach of the Month. The Kings went 8-4 and four in the month of February. They're the number three seed in the West, and Mike Brown gets some love. Watching Deuce trying to clap his hands to the beat while reading that was... <laughs> I did. No, That's you like one just... of those things where you like have to go like this. <laughs> I did it. No, it was bump, 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 and you were like this. It was cute. Man, Morgan going full whiplash over here with, uh, <laughs> with Deuce. We got one more uh, final segment. Kettles and Rami at 2 o'clock. Our final segment coming up. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. It's in Morgan Reagan coming up in a few minutes. You got Cattles and Rami taking you from 2 to 6 p.m. We're live and local Monday through Friday, 6A to 6P on Sacktown Sports. So we mentioned just before the break, Mike Brown wins NBA Western Conference Coach of the Month. Yes. After the Kings went 8 and 4. Let's give some love to Sac State real fast, Morgan. What happened? Kalasia Dean from Sac State, the Big Sky Conference MVP. Dude. 21 points a game in her first season at Sac State. She came from Oakland, and she was at the Horizon League. So she transfers to Sac State this year. 21 points a game, 5.2 assists, 5.4 rebounds. Great shooting, 46% from the field. 41% from three on six attempts a game. Kalasia Dean, your Big Sky Conference most valuable player. That's that's amazing. It's so cool seeing Sac State and just Sacramento sports mm-hmm. just thriving right now. Yeah. That's exactly how it makes me feel. Yeah. I just I do think it's cool to see local teams you know do well it's it's not you know sac state's not like had a history of no success when it comes to collegiate sports a football team has really turned it around in recent years yeah. both basketball programs are seemingly headed in a nice direction then the kings man the kings. and then the kings i mean both again we mentioned this in the beginning of the of the show but both king squads right stockton and yeah. sacramento and the reason why that's significant at all because it just what it truly means in my opinion Mm -hmm. is that mike brown and his system that he's putting in place with the big squad it's all trickling down even though stockton has to adjust they have different personnel it's not like they can just run things that um domas sabonis is running but still they have that free-flowing offense and when shots weren't falling they pushed the pace and now you're seeing shots fall for the stockton kings they're really intense on the defensive end sacramento kings just so much success i'm loving it hell yeah uh, we've not done this in a while. What? It's time for closing Ooh. time. It's been a minute since we did a little closing time at the end of the show. Closing time. It's closing time. But before we go, you know we have to give you a last call. All right. This day, 1962, guys. Yes. Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game. Now, there's no footage of this really, right? So who knows if it really happened. There's the but- picture. Yes. Apparently, because he held a piece of paper that said 100, that means he scored 100 in a game. Correct. I'm just kidding around. So he scores 100 in a game this day, 1962. He was 36 for 63 from the field, 28 for 32 from the free throw line. He said, if they hadn't just tried to stop me without regard to whether they would win or not, I could have scored a lot more. Do you think Wilt's record ever gets broken? Um, 100 in a game. I'm going to say yes. You know, it's I'm leaning toward yes. And I know the closest has been 80 with Kobe. Wait, 81. was that the closest? Yeah, 81 with Kobe. Um, and then obviously you're seeing Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. Um, who's the other Dame. one this year? Dame got it this year with Donovan Mitchell. And it just feels like with the way that this league is evolving, and especially if this league ever gets a four-point line for some reason, yeah, I think we'll see it broken. What about you, Does, Chris? I think it gets broken, but do you think it's by somebody that's already playing in the league or someone that's going to come into the league? Someone mm-hmm. that's going to come into the league. I think so, too. Yeah. It's just, I mean, look how much... It's going to be... The game keeps growing. Deuce Mason Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? 
not hey, playoff um, berth. A, a six foot, a six foot guard from Sacramento. Oh, his two K player. His two K player. I always make my two K player. He kind of looks like me, but he actually has a beard oh. that he could grow, Aww. and he's like six eleven. I've tried to build him like Kevin Durant. <laughs> everything that you want yeah, yeah, to be in life. You don't put him as junior, though, do you? No. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Is that would his name be funny. Deuce? No, yeah, I put Deuce Mace. I don't have to play 2K in a long time. Oh. Uh, by the way, in that game, it was interesting hearing people uh, that like the will talk about it yeah. before his death. This was from like the late 80s. I found this article. He said t- two or three Knicks told him later that they were ordered to play defense, like kind of aggressive fouling the whole time yeah. by their coach, Eddie Donovan. He says it just wasn't the right way. They were behind by 25 points, and then they were told to hold the ball. They must have considered it a stigma to let me score 100. But according to Eddie Donovan, the head coach of the Knicks, he said the fouling worked both ways. He said they would foul us, and we would foul them. The game became a farce, but you try to keep anyone from scoring the best you can. So I, it, we, the way we celebrate this game is like, oh, 100 points, but apparently it was kind of just a mess of a game. Yeah. Well, didn't I, the game, like, didn't it stop after he scored 100? I think it did. And it was played in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Okay. Either way. Yeah. You guys, no video of this. Like, let's just be real about all of it. However, it went down. It's not like it looked like Dame 71. It definitely did not. Wilt was not stopping launching for three. Apparently, their center, the Knicks were terrible at the time. Their center had the flu. Not like today. Did not play. (laughs) And then, like, he was pretty much going up against, like, six, seven guys. Like short, small guys. I don't know if anyone remembers like the Paris Twins, but um, they ended up going to Oklahoma or Ohio. I forget where. Um, But they were like always, they were always six something. And I remember playing them in AU and that's, that's what it, it, it looked ridiculous. Like them going up against small little girls all the time. And it was just pure dominance from them. So I'm sure it looked uh, something like that. Uh, some rich dude paid a lot of money for a jersey worn by Joe Montana in Super Bowl 19, and then four years later in Super Bowl 23. Yes, he wore the same jersey in Super Bowl 19 and then Super Bowl 23. Apparently, the morning of the Super Bowl 23, his wife Jennifer pulled the jersey from a scrapbook and packed it in Joe's stadium bag with a note, maybe you want to wear it again. He wore it again. Anyway, Joe Montana sold this jersey. How much do you think it sold for? Um, I'm going to guess 500000 $1.2 million. I was just going to say $1.2 million. Stop it. But kind of a interesting. I had no idea that story happened where he wore the same jersey in both games four years apart. He made a lot of money recently, nearly $3 million by selling old merch, uh, old uh, souvenirs or whatever you want to call them, memorabilia. Yeah. Uh, the uniform he wore in his final game with the Niners sold for 232000 A signed helmet from his final game with the team. In which he did not play 121000 The ball from his final San Francisco 49ers touchdown pass, $43,000. His signed Kansas City Chiefs uniform from his final game, $92,000. His high school jersey sold for thirty six. I actually think that's a cooler piece that's, of I was going to say that's my favorite one. He also sold his Pro Football Hall of Fame jacket, 36000 Dude, I would love to be rich enough to buy a Hall of Fame jacket. I'd wear that in here all the time. So, uh... Oh man, I can't even remember what part of that that was like surprising to me. <laughs> All of it. I'm not done. He he his twice signed inscribed Super Bowl uh, 23 last drive playbook ten thousand dollars. It was a 94 lot auction, including Montana's game used and signed Notre Dame helmet from the Cotton Bowl in 1979. 
He brought in a total of $3.7 million. Now I know. The helmet that he, for the last game for the Niners that he yeah. never played in, there's a good chance he never even wore that helmet. That's a good point. Maybe he touched it. Dude. He probably touched it. You guys, that is why. Yeah. You know what's interesting? If he was dead, that would sell for even more. All of that stuff. All of it. It's very interesting. I didn't think about that, Morgan. Super interesting. <laughs> Did you guys think about that? No, we weren't, because he's alive. Well, I was just thinking about how cheap everything was. I mean, when I say cheap, I couldn't afford it, and once again, would never want to pay for anything like that. But at the same time, that seemed like low prices for some stuff. Yeah, yeah. We got to go. Okay. Kels and Rami are coming up. Bye. We love you, but we got to go. Goodbye.